Welcome to A Break From The Grind, I'm your host Jason. And whoa, 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 Hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing good, how about you? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You doing good this evening? Doing okay. Okay, please continue. I'm your host Jason, this is my co-host George. Say hi to the people, George. What's going on, man? How you doing? <laughs> I don't, so I guess they challenged me at some point to do a different opening for the show. That's why I cut you off. I yeah I don't know I I feel like people like that's that's it, you know that's, it's muscle memory it's this it, I mean it's easy like I remember you know when we first started doing the show the reason we started reading it off like that is because I really just couldn't figure out another way to do the <laughs> show. like couldn't figure out another intro right it's like like we could have come on and say hey how's everybody doing this evening or this afternoon or this morning welcome I don't whatever podcast. the fuck you're listening you welcome know. to podcast number two or welcome seven. to break from the grind episode six. Yeah, right? Yeah, no. No, no, not us. We we had to welcome you and then explain who we are, and then I had to pass it over to George so you could tell who George was, and then- I could do something witty, not when really is, witty. When is that going to start? Uh, well, I thought interrupting you was pretty witty. We're, we're, in, we're 74 in. I thought interrupting you was pretty witty. Yeah, that's that's the problem. When is that going to actually start? <laughs> when, is, when, is, when is the George witty portion of the show going to start? Anyway, so we're already a minute in, and we haven't told anybody about our special guest. George, do you want to mention our special guest? Yes, our special guest this evening is Dominic. He is at EnvisionFF on Twitter. Um, what's really cool and unique about him is he's blind, he's got diabetes, and he's missing part of his foot. Um, that's not the cool part. What's really cool part is, is he overcame all this adversity. He's dealt with a lot of depression and now he's a fantasy football writer and I've already closed down the laptop. So you have to pardon me at this particular moment on where he writes for. Um, but we'll get into it when we do the interview. It's a, it's a really good interview. Um, we get into a little bit about dealing with the depression that he's dealt with. Uh, we talk a little bit about his attempted suicides Um, we get into his blindness, just various, you know, things you expect Jason and I to, to, to dive into, uh, when we, when we have a guest with, with these type of, uh, background and, and that's overcome these type of adversities. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed our conversation with Dominic. He's very open. He's very honest. Uh, he will tell you where he made a mistake, uh, or where he made his mistakes, where he thinks he needs to go in the future. Um, and uh, I thought it was a really good interview. I hope you guys enjoy it when it comes on. Before we get into the interview, I'd like to start out by talking about the Giving League. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody who donated to the Giving League, uh, whether it be in the the, giggle, the Giving League itself, like by joining the league for the third mic, or if it's joining our uh, our side league. Our satellite league. Where, our satellite league where there's the uh, Michael Thomas autographed mini helmet up for up for the winner. And um, George, I believe we filled the last spot tonight. Well, technically the last spot was filled yesterday. But uh, we, we were talking with Dominic and he inquired about it. Um, he heard about it through listening to some of our uh, older episodes that are in their archives. And... He said if there's an open spot, he would love to join. He's a huge Saints fan. So reached out to the guy who was a friend of mine that joined last night, explained the situation, and he said, yeah, absolutely, let him have it. So our guest, Dominic, this evening is actually the last entrant into the Michael uh, Thomas League and will be officially closed out as of this evening. 
So that's another three hundred dollars uh, to the third Mike's Giving League. Nope. And you you can't do math. And it's even. Go ahead. It was three hundred and sixty because there was twelve teams at thirty apiece. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. Okay sorry. Wait three hundred and sixty. That doesn't work out. Three hundred and fifty. Nope. Three sixty. Thirty times twelve. Oh yeah, it's thirty dollar league. I've, I'm sorry. I thought it was twenty five. Simple that's math. That's right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> I, so I said the guy who had to verify 12 times uh, 50. <laughs> Simple math. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was a $30 league. That's right. So, so another $360. And honestly, that's even a nope. There's, but wait, there's more. Uh, the third Mike's company. Who I'm not sure if I'm supposed to employer. name. Employer. Yeah, it doesn't matter who it is. Their employer matches every every uh, every dollar donation. So uh, there, the 360 that was raised for this league is now obviously uh, $9,765 or something like that. My math sucks. Or, or 720 Yeah, that, that could work too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, either way, it's, it's a lot of money. Uh, it's a lot of money going to a great charity, great cause, something Jason and I totally stand behind and support. So totally thrilled to, uh, to be a part of it. Uh, totally thrilled to be able to help. Um, it's going for a great cause. It's something that's definitely up our alley. It's in our wheelhouse, if you will. So, uh, Mike, we're, we're honored. To, Cause I know you're listening cause you're a junkie. Um, we're honored to, uh, to be able to help you out, brother. All right. So now that we are past helping the giving league for, for this season, uh, and I say past it cause we, there's always uh, temporarily pass it because we i'm sure there'll be other opportunities for us to assist actually i didn't join the giving league so i'm just gonna donate no you you actually are in the league you have a draft spot do i you do okay well then i better donate anyway <laughs> anyway so um yeah we both have draft spots i watched the draft live the other night it was pretty cool am i what, picking what, first no what wait, i don't uh, you're in the top five i believe first time ever or maybe you're six. Um. <laughs> Damn it. No, for those of you who don't know, I have never in any fantasy football league, whether it's random picked like this one was, whether it's uh, pulling a card from a deck of cards, whether it's based on placement of the previous season, I have never once picked higher than six in any fantasy football league I've ever been in. What, what was cool with this one is, is uh, Mike, Mike had one of his kids in the playpen, and he had all of our names written on different color balls. And his kid would just grab a ball and hand it to Mike, and whoever he handed to Mike, that was I'm not who was down, mixed up. I'm not down with toddlers grabbing balls. They're little plastic balls, okay. little little playpen balls. All right, so that was the giving league. Uh, our next topic is going to be, of course, and I keep toys for tots. I'm going to cut that out. Whatever that weird shit. <laughs> I was just did making was. noises with oh, my mouth. Way, I'm going to cut this part out too. But I have to tell you, you cannot mute the guest and then talk into the mic and not expect my computer to pick that shit up. Oh, I can't. I th- so it doesn't pick it up on. Uh... No, it doesn't. But it picks it up. You're not muting the mic through the board to the recording. Ah, so e- every good point. Good every point. time you mute our guest and then talk over him. The guest can't hear him, which is nice. <laughs> That's a good thing I'm not saying anything bad. <laughs> no, you definitely didn't say anything bad. It's just I'm going to have to cut parts of audio out because... No, like, just let it go. You're talking over our guest. 
And just let it go. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> anyway, so uh, back to Toys for Tots. Uh, we are currently sitting at like twenty seven ten somewhere. Yeah, we're a little over twenty seven hundred dollars. We we haven't really pushed anything with that because my focus has been on getting Mike's league filled. So with that said, we have another uh, prize league that we are announcing here. We have a Odell Beckham signed LSU football. Can you call him Odell Beckham Junior? Because I feel like he is a junior, and that's you know officially part of his name. Okay, so we have an Odell Beckham Junior. Thank you. Football autographed. It's LSU uh, from his alma mater. Uh, we are doing a $50 buy in league. Again, all the proceeds go to Toys for Tots directly to us buying toys come December. Uh, we are trying to fill up every vehicle we own with toys and then some. <laughs> we're, we're working on a U Haul at this point. I may have to hire somebody out to help us shop. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this year, the Toys for Tots chapter that will be benefiting will be our local branch, which is in Brevard County. Uh, and I we haven't decided whether we're doing North, Central, or South, but I, yeah. you know, whatever. Anyway, so it's going to be our, our local Brevard County branch of Toys for Tots. Uh, so look out for George's links on the Odell Beckham signed football. Uh, I have plenty of other pristine auction stuff. So if you aren't a Giants fan, if you're not an Odell Beckham Jr. fan, uh, just hang tight. We got some more stuff, too. But join the league. If you have the money, join a bunch of them. Uh, the money, like I said, all goes all goes to Toys for Tots. Uh, it's it's um, it's a good value for the football, too, if you actually happen to win. Test your skills against some other people that um, that play. Step your game up. Yeah, do it, guys. So, uh, so that's Toys for Tots this week. Uh, the thing I have to say is uh, Sal and the guys over at the Falafel uh, on their pot-a-thon for the SFB8 they raised, uh, I don't know. Four, I think it was like forty six or forty seven hundred dollars. They, they did a fantastic job. I know Jason wants to 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 beat them. I do. Here's the thing. They said they want to get to five thousand. They fell a little bit short. Still a great amount for charity, guys. I want that goal. And listen, we're not doing it in a short time like they did. You know, one potathon and done. You know, I get that. But you know what? It's not about how long or how short. It's how you use the money. We're going to use it right. We're going to go buy some toys. <laughs> you know, we're going to give the kids the thing they want for Christmas, despite the size. And Engines? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we, I desperately now want to hit $5,000. Like, that's my goal. I want to hit $5,000. So, guys, get into this league. Get into the next league. Get into the league after and then when we're done with leagues, because, you know, we can't league anymore, you know, we're going to come beg. Don't make <laughs> us beg. I mean, we will beg, but don't make us. Just just give us all your money. Give us, yeah, don't make us beg. <laughs> come on. Don't make don't make me I'll get on my knees. I've done it before. I've done it before. We did it last year. Yep. Don't make me beg. All right. So that is Toys for Tots. Uh, George, what happened this week? Anything good? I, I know we only have a little bit of time. We want to get into the Don, Dominic interview. Is there anything anything good happen this week? Uh, DeMarco Murray retired. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones Seal. was arrested. Just <laughs> the as STD, the human STD, RSJ. Well, news is breaking that he was arrested. Yeah. And, uh, uh, that's all I can think of. LaShawn McCoy. Oh, LaShawn McCoy retired. We, he, or no, no, no. Allegedly beat his girlfriend. But or we talked about that on, on the Mock Metal Monday. We're, we're not we? sure what's going on yet. Yeah. And there's no definitive what's going on with that. There's still a lot of speculation, a lot of question uh, mark you on that. Didn't, you guys didn't come here for football. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I was going to say something along the lines of like, our president's a pussy in front of other managers or like uh, world leaders. 
I don't know. But we can skip all past that, and, and what we're going to do is we're going to get right into the interview here with Dominic. Guys, enjoy it, and we'll be back right after the interview. And our guest this week is the co-owner and writer of Fantasy Hot Read. He's a writer for the Roto Baller. His name is Dominic. You can follow him on Twitter at EnvisionFF. Dominic, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. How are you fellas doing? Fantastic. Did did I get all of that right, though? That That's important. Make sure I got everything right. Because <laughs> I've been known to screw this stuff up. Yeah, I'm a co-owner and lead writer for Fantasy Hot Read, like you said. And I also work at thescorecrow.com, as well as uh, friendswithfantasybenefits.com. I do some writing for them. And like and like as you said, now I'm doing a lot for rotoballer.com as well. That's fantastic. So I'm almost positive... A majority of our of our listeners have no idea who you are. Um, I'll be, that, wait, 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 wait. That just sounds bad. It does sound bad, but don't, it's probably true. Don't say it that way. Well, Stop, uh, 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 and uh, and he's uh, listened to our st- our show. He knows that I interrupt when you get get to be an asshole. Uh, you're the asshole here. Listen, I'm being respectful <laughs> of our guest. I am uh, too. So that's so, why I was so, I was going to so, allow him to tell the people a little so bit the, about himself. So the majority of our listeners haven't discovered you yet. Correct. So, with that in mind, would you like to give a, a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I grew up in uh, right outside of Philadelphia as a you know a Philly sports fan. I'm also a Saints fan, and you know just through a lot of bad life choices, I bet guess you want to call it. I ended up going completely blind as of 2012, and you know I had to stop working. And after doing nothing for a couple of years, I decided that I have a real passion for sports. So I've, I've always wanted to get a job in sports. And I've always loved to write, so I figured what better way to do that. And I never knew how to do it. And, you know, I ended up, through some channels, I ended up getting some jobs, you know, writing jobs in the fantasy football industry. And that's what brings me here. So I first heard a little bit about your story um, when the Falafel House podcast did the Scott Fishbowl Potathon. Um, you were on there for an hour. Uh, you were talking with Sal. You guys were BSing. And, I was just a listener at the time and I heard a little bit about your story and I was extremely intrigued. Uh, your story is actually quite remarkable and pretty incredible. Um, which is, you know, the kind of thing we like to talk about here on this podcast is people who have amazing stories. We want them to be able to get their story out, you know, inspire somebody, uh, stuff along those lines. Why don't you go into a little bit about your story? Um, like for example, you're a sports writer, you're, you're, an analysis, but you're blind. How did that come about? Let's go into your story a little bit. So the, the people listening get a little bit of your background. Yeah, sure. I, uh, well, my story, how I went blind, I got, ended up getting diabetes in 1997, right before I turned 17. And just, you know, because of depression and things like that, that we'll probably get into. I just never took care of myself. I always had a feeling or premonition, I guess the word is that I'd be dead by the time I was 40. So I just never took care of myself. When I got diabetes, when most people would think, oh, no, I not take care of myself. The, as the doctor t- was telling me I had diabetes, the first thought in my head was, I guess, this is how I'm going to die. You know, So I just ne- never really took care of myself, and it just kept going. Never had jobs that offered insurance or anything, so I never took insulin, never watched my diet. And I just ended up, because of it, going completely blind as of 2012. And then, you know, as I was telling you before the podcast, I just happened to not being, not doing anything, but sitting here and gaining weight for the last three or four years, I went from, you know, 315 pounds to 370 pounds and just 
you know, I was doing nothing but sitting there in my recliner. I found podcasts and I ended up finding the Backyard Banter podcast with Matt Harmon. And the first episode I listened to was uh, Justin Monero. So I ended up right after I listened to the episode, it was the brand new episode for that week. I ended up going back on Twitter and seeing that he had direct messages open. So I uh, direct messaged him and told him a little bit about my story. And he said he wanted to help me. So he gave me his phone number. We talked for a half hour, an hour. And he went out on Twitter and said, I have a guy here who wants to work in the fantasy football industry. He's a real great guy. I think somebody should, you know, anybody should take a look at him, please. And I got a message from uh, Adam, Fer- uh, excuse me, Andy Ferris, who at the time was at fantasylockerroom.com. And he decided to go out on his own to fantasyhotread.com. And he asked me to come along. And after last season, he made me a co-owner of the website. So how long have you been doing the, the fantasy stuff? Uh, this will be my second season doing it with actually being able to write with it and get my stuff out there on the internet. I've been doing it since uh, last March is when I got a hold of Justin Lanero right after on the same day that uh, his backyard banter episode came out is when I got a hold of him. So before you actually got into writing fantasy and uh, while, while all this was going on, did you have a love for fantasy back then? I've been playing fantasy football since I uh, graduated high school back in 1999. Uh, I've been, I've done most, the only thing I've ever done really was redraft up until last year. I did some DFS as well last year. And this year I'm actually going to be in my first two dynasty leagues as well as some redraft and some daily fantasy. Getting into the diabetes a little bit, and I'm, I'm sure I'm just going to jump all over the place. I guess George is probably looking at me like, why are we why are we talking fantasy and then back into the diabetes? And then no, it's fine. It's okay. fine. All right. So uh, getting into the diabetes just a little bit, uh, when you say you didn't take care of yourself, is it... Now, what what um, what version of diabetes one or two did you did you have? I have. Uh, it turns out I have traits of diabetes one, but I actually have type two. And do from the beginning, did you require insulin, or did they think uh, you could use some kind of controller medication? Uh, I was supposed to be on controller medications for the first number of years, and I just I was never growing up. I was never good with medications. Now I'm strictly. With my medications, I'm very strict with them, with my blood pressure medicine and everything else. But back then, I never took pills or anything for my pressure or my diabetes. That's why I kept getting out of control, out of control, until they finally put me on insulin or supposed to go on insulin. I think it was probably about eight years after I got in got uh, diabetes, so about 2004, 2005. And I still never took it because I didn't have the money for it until 2000, probably 11, when it was you know too late already. Right. See, the reason I ask is because I I have the same. I have diabetes uh, two, and I have controller medicine, and I am very bad about taking pills. But uh, my wife now kicks my ass when I don't take them. So I I at least I have somebody who is forcing me at home to be accountable. You know what I mean? Sometimes that's what you need. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Like I said, when I was still in high school, I was taking them some. I was taking them maybe once a week instead of three times a day. But, you know, as soon as I left high school, the obviously everybody knows now, the, you know, the insurance isn't the same now as it was back then and all that kind of stuff. So I just never had jobs that offered insurance, so I couldn't get the medicines. And then they're so, it was so expensive. Like, just the uh, the insulin that I was supposed to take was about three or $400 a month. Now it's like $900 a month. So luckily, I don't have to pay for it. But, yeah, I mean, since you have diabetes, you would know, like, from basically from 97 until 2011, my average a1c was about 13 to 15 Oof. so why don't you share with everybody what you what what is normal for people that don't have it uh, normal is anywhere is anywhere between like five and seven eight at the high end 
uh, the way I tried to explain it in my uh, little story that I wrote and put, uh, tried to get out on Twitter was that for people who don't really understand what that means, it kind of means like you're always walking around with a fever of like 103.5. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about what you think. So when you when you didn't take medicine, and I know you say uh, I know you say you just you were bad at taking it. I know uh, it was costly. Was there also like and I I read in your story, you know, you you have a history of depression. Do you think there was part of it that just thought to your that where you thought to yourself, you know, I'll just let this happen and and this will be the way I die. Oh, absolutely. That's what I thought about basically the whole time. Is you know I'm. I'm going to be dead by the time I'm 40 at the time. And, you know, and honestly, still nowadays, sometimes I think I wake up in the morning or whatever and think that I do want to be dead by the time I'm 40. So I might as well, you know, not take the medicine and, you know, it'll make it go quicker. And, you know, maybe instead of having to be alive until 40, I could die by the time I'm 30, which, you know, luckily I've made it past that. Now I'll be 38 next month. But yeah, there was, it was definitely a, I think a lot of it was a depression factor. So, and George, I know you're about to jump in. Let me let me ask one last question. Because, so for people out there who, who who listen to this and think, well, for those that are depressed that think this way, the problem with the the thought of doing this is, you oftentimes with diabetes, you don't just die. Like stuff happens to you, and and that was part of the story that uh, I wanted to get out there the most is, uh, obviously, you didn't die through not taking your medicine but can you talk about some of the the negative effects uh on your body uh stuff from not taking your insulin or not even insulin but your controlling medication and then later insulin oh yeah i mean it's quite simple it's you know pretty much if you have heard of a side effect from diabetes i pretty much have it i've you know i've lost my eyesight completely i have no no vision left at all since you know november 2012 uh i lost i had a cut on the bottom of my foot that got infected and I ended up losing part of my left foot as well as most of the top of my foot. Uh, just, I can't have, obviously I can't have kids or, you know, anything like that anymore, uh, just because of the diabetes and the complications there. And, you know, it's pretty much anything you can think of. I have neuropathy in my feet, which I realized is actually still spreading because I went in the pool last week and, uh, I couldn't feel the water up into my right below my knees until I could tell what temperature the water was. So obviously I have neuropathy all the way up to my knees. I have neuropathy in my fingertips, you know, so I can barely feel with my fingertips, which makes it hard for me to read anything because obviously being blind, I have to use Braille and I can't really use the Braille that well with my fingertips being the way they are. So it's just, you know, everything from A to Z, I have pretty much everything going on. What what do you think uh, started or what do you attribute the uh the depression from because reading your story it doesn't sound like you know you grew up in a in, in a real bad neighborhood you know and it sounded like you know you were pretty well off suburban home whatnot um so what do you think attribute you attribute to the depression to yeah i honestly uh think it might just be a little bit genetics like i know a lot of people go back to genetics with a lot of things and i think they're proving now that things are genetic whether it be you know, alcoholism or drug abuse or any, you know, anything like that. And I think depression is part of that. My dad turns out he had depression a lot his whole life. He actually uh, was on depression medicine right before he passed away. And he actually, he, I think part of his depression, honestly, at the end was seeing how, what I was doing to myself because he kept telling me not to do what he was doing. Cause he went through the same stuff I did only a little bit later. Like when he was 40, he ended up, he had his foot 
amput or he had part, partial foot amputation on his right foot when he was 40 instead of I had it done when I was 30. And just from then on, he was, you know, he couldn't work anymore. He, he was a truck driver. He never lost his sight, but he ended up having a couple of heart attacks from it because he was overweight. He ended up uh, getting on kidney dialysis because he lost function of his kidney or his kidneys and everything. And then he was lucky, lucky to get off of it. And then he had another heart attack and went back on it. And he was actually on a, his second or third treatment back on dialysis when he went into cardiac arrest and died from his, from dialysis. So just, I think a lot of that had to do with his depression as well. And I, like I said, I think a lot of my depression is genetic because he wasn't around a whole lot when I was a kid because my parents did divorce when I was five and he was always on the road as a truck driver. So I saw him maybe once or twice, maybe once a month or so he would try and call as much as he could. So it's not like he was an absentee dad or anything. He was there as much as he could be, but just, you know, growing up, he was never there. And yeah, I did. I wouldn't say we were well to do, but I do understand what you mean. We did grow up in a nice suburban area. We didn't have, we weren't in South Central anywhere, name a city or anything like that. We were in very nice suburban areas. So I never had it hard in that way. I think it, most of it was just genetic. And a lot of it came from my, I guess my dad's side of the family because he was at the end, he was definitely very severely depressed. And I think it hampered him his whole life. And I think it's important to put out there too. And, and, and I think it's becoming a more, uh, well-known fact that, you know, depression grips you, whether you're rich, poor, uh, popular, not popular. I mean, you know, just with the list of celebrities that have taken their lives recently, you know, you think Robin Williams, Anthony Bourdain, guys who have it well off, you know, socioeconomics is not a driving factor of depression. Like, it hits everybody. And I, so I think that's a really important fact in your story that, you know, when you were growing up, you know, when you think of typical, possibly, when you have that thought in your mind of what, what a, a young person with depression would look like, you know, it's somebody with no friends who lives in a, who has a lifestyle where they're not loved or, uh, you know, is abused or, and it's not necessarily that, like, if you if you go and listen to or read Dominic's story, uh, he he talks about growing up in a home, even though it's it's separated parents, uh, with with a with like grandmother that loves him, and mom that loves him, sister. You know they go on family vacations, the kind of stuff that you want as a as a child, right, or as a as a parent for your child. So he had what seems to be a good uh, family life, and he still battled depression. So I think that was, that's a very important part of your story. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I did have a, you know, a great home life. I loved living with my grandparents when I was younger. I lived with them from first grade to fourth grade with my mom and sister. You know, we went, like I was saying in the story, we went to Canada. My grandfather was a part owner. I guess he had a, he was part of a fishing club that owned an island up there. So we used to go up, spend a couple weeks on an island every summer playing, you know, going on the boats and fishing and doing all that kind of stuff. It was just, you know, it was a great time. And, you know, I loved, I loved it growing up there and everything. It just, you know, it doesn't always help. Looking back today on everything that you've gone through and everything you've put yourself through, do do you, do you ever sit there and wonder, you know, why did I do this? You know, why, why did I allow myself to, to get to the points in my life that I have been to? Sometimes I do. Yeah. Not, not all the time, because like I said, I still have quite a few days when I don't, when I'm not talking to people or like I said, my therapy, my biggest therapy is helping people. Cause I don't, I don't go to therapy and I'm not going to go to therapy. I've never been on medications. Uh, but my therapy is, and 
what I get the most joy out of is being able to tell my story. And that's why I wanted to get my story out there so that people could email me or anything if they needed to talk and I could help them through whatever they needed to. And I have had a couple of responses to that and that's awesome. And that is my therapy. So, you know, there are, but there are still a lot of days where I do get severely depressed and think about, you know, if I want to go on to the next day or what, what's my reason for getting out of bed this morning and all that kind of stuff. And so in those, on those days, no, but on other days when I'm feeling good and stuff, I do think, you know, if I could have started doing the fantasy football thing years ago, or if I would have done better in school instead of been lacks of days ago and just, you know, I was one of those kids that I was intelligent. I was just lazy. And I didn't feel like doing anything. So I, you know, I'd go into school, the teachers would say, you know, you have a D in this class. If you don't, you know, get an, at least a B on the final, you're going to fail. And, you know, I just, okay, no problem. So I just get a hundred percent on the final. No problem. And no problem. Just do it to move on to the next grade and do the same thing the next year until they said the same thing and say, okay, no problem. You know, so it's in that sense. Yeah. I, I wish I were more determined and more dedicated as a student and as a kid growing up. And then I could have, you know, gone to college and done something more with my life and made my father and my grandfather who are both passed away, you know, prouder of me than, you know, what I turned out to be just being a, you know, a motel manager and a car rental agent. I wish I could have done a lot more with myself. I always wanted to be a stockbroker or an architect and, you know, it never came to fruition just because I didn't have the dedication for school that I really should have had. Well, saying that now, uh, now you're a podcast writer. So if there's anything to be proud of, I, I'd be, I'd love to be a podcast writer. So they'd be proud of that. Yeah, I hope they would be. I think my, you know, I think my, my grandfather may, may have been because he, he loves sports. So he, he might've been cool with it if he was still alive, but uh, he may not have been, cool with the podcast aspect of it or the writing aspect of it because he was always more into the politics he was elected official in our county and things like that my dad was always supportive of anything i wanted to do but he was never a sports fan until like the last three or four years of his life then he started taking an active interest in the phillies and pretty well pretty much just the phillies he for some reason he always liked ryan howard and everything so he would take an interest in the phillies but his entire life growing up he was never a big sports fan but he always supported supported me what i wanted to do so you know, he he would have thought it was cool, but I'm not so sure about my grandfather, other than the fact that it was in sports. And then he always knew I wanted to do something in sports. Reading your bio, and I we're kind of skipping all around, which is fine. That's not to me personally doesn't really matter none. Um, what what are some of the so reading your bio? I read that you've attempted suicide a couple of times. What kind of attempts have you made? Uh, looking back on it, they were pretty petty attempts. The first time was when I was just out of high school and kind of wandering and not really having anything doing so i ended up one of the times that i had a bunch of pills because i hadn't been taking them so i ended up taking uh, i believe it was 10 milligrams death rolls they were it was a blood pressure medicine medicine and i had like 17 17 of them so i took those and obviously that all that really doesn't do anything only 17 of them which you know i, I know now looking back on it, it was just a feeble attempt due to my depression but you know that's all i had so that's what i took so the next time I, I knew I had to have more and the next time I tried it is actually after I, I was down in Oklahoma in Lawton, Oklahoma, uh, visiting, I guess you want to call her a girlfriend. She was my first girlfriend ever. Uh, when I was 19, it was in uh, February of 2000 or April 2000, something like that. And I just, you know, I was sitting there. I, for some reason I got depressed one night. We, you know, we were having a fight or something. And like I said, it was my first girlfriend. So I just, was upset about it and I had I had more pills but apparently it still wasn't enough because it I only had about 27 of them and she was there when I did it so I just 
you know, she saw me taking them. So she just called an ambulance and they took me to the hospital and, you know, they gave me some charcoal to go to the bathroom. And I had a guard there all night, a police officer who turned out to be, a. uh, there was a third baseman for the Mets. I forget what his name is now, but he turned out to be his cousin. He was the last player in the league allowed to wear number 42 because he had it before they decided to retire it. But uh, other than that, you know, then I went to a psych ward for a day and they said, you're not crazy. I said, I know. <laughs> they said, I think you just made a stupid 19-year-old mistake. I said, absolutely. It's okay. You can go. You know, so I left and that was pretty much it. And then, you know, I came back to her house and a couple of days later, my dad sent me money for bus fare and I came home and my mom said, well, you're not coming here. So I ended up going to my dad's house. Um, so going to the psych ward now, uh, you know, you said, you know, you're not crazy. Um, the attempt might have been a cry for help and that's what i'm kind of thinking but do you think you would have benefited for some more time and the reason i say this is uh my brother went through well he was he was addicted to um to to drugs uh he ended up taking his life but during that time he was baker acted a few times uh, but my brother was a great salesman so every time uh, he'd get baker acted he was able to talk his way out pretty quickly getting out of of um of of for a better term lockup but uh spot in uh like circles of care and as a brother and my parent you know my parents as his parents uh, to us it was always one of those things that you 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 don't believe it's happening when it's happening because you could see places like circle of care just like turfing people out to the streets that couldn't afford to pay them which is what my brother because he was on drugs he didn't have any money. He didn't have a job. He didn't have an insurance. So, you know, while they had the ability to hold him for several days, they allowed him to talk his way out of those places to say he was fine and he would be fine going forward, even after the second and third attempt. Um, so when when you were there and you said, you know, hey, I'm, I'm not crazy, I'm fine, do you think they were looking to get you out of there, maybe because you didn't have insurance, but also... Do you think maybe you could have benefited from staying in a, in in um, that kind of setting? Um, at the setting I was in, I honestly don't think I could have benefited from it because it wasn't a real. I mean, I want to say psych ward. I'm not even sure if it was or not. I mean, there was, you know, and maybe the psych wards you see on TV are probably different than the ones that they actually have. But you know, it wasn't like a psych ward where you walk in and there's beds and all that kind of stuff. To, I walked into the room that they put me in, and it was like a like a soft plastic floor and it had like soft plastic walls. There was no bed in it. There was no sheets, no pillows. They didn't want you to hurt yourself. Um, if you walked out into the common area, there was like sofas there that were made out of the same hard plastic just because they didn't want you to be able to like break off any wood or metal or anything. So it wasn't like a real, it was, I think it was just a temporary hold thing. And then I didn't really even talk to a counselor. I just happened to talk to somebody there. I was, you know, I was tired. So I would sleep on the sofa or whatever. And then I was up all night in the hospital and then, the guy came up to me and, you know, told, said, you tried to deal with this many pills. You know, that's not a real attempt or anything. That's just like a feeble attempt. I said, no, I completely understand that. That's all, you know, that's all I had and stuff. And he said, I don't, you know, I don't think this was a legitimate attempt. I think that it, it was a cry for help, like you said. And, you know, I don't think you're, I don't think you're crazy. I don't think you need to be here. I think that you just made a stupid mistake. It's just a teenage mistake or whatever. And I think you're fine. And I said, yeah, I, I'm not, you know, I said, I know I'm not crazy. And, you know, I, I know I'm fine and I think I would be fine. And, you know, so they actually had their security guard. I couldn't get a hold of the, you know, the girl that I was staying with because she was 
at the time it was leading you know, dial up internet and she had spent all day on the internet. So I couldn't get a hold of her. So the security guard ended up taking me home and, or taking me back to her house. And I walked in, she said, well, I didn't think he'd be here. I said, well, we've been trying to call you. She said, well, you know, I didn't get the call. So then, the, you know, next day or the day after that, I, you know, my dad sent me the money to come home on the bus. You, you mentioned earlier that you didn't see a psychiatrist and that you still don't. Do, is there a specific reason why you, you don't want to see a psychiatrist as, and I'm, I'm just curious because I've seen one. Um, I still see one every once in a while and I've found out with, with the issues that I've had, uh, through my PTSD that it, it's actually very beneficial. Uh, it's not that I don't want to see one. I, I saw one for two or three months when I was in high school, uh, just cause I made a comment about, you know, when I was in home ec class in ninth grade, I made a comment. We were talking about something. I said, I don't care if I live or die. And, and cause whatever I said, and the teacher overheard me. So they called home and they told my mom about it. And they said, that they think I should see somebody. So I went to a psychiatrist for a couple months. And then in 2004, I believe it was when I was working at the motel, I wrote a thank you note to my uh, boss for helping me with everything that he helped me with and everything. And he thought, well, he didn't, but I accidentally left one of the notes in or one of the pages in the copy machine and the front desk clerk saw it. So luckily she took it out before the owner came in and she read it or the housekeeper read it. And they thought it was like a suicide note. So they called the police, uh, even though to me it wasn't a suicide note, but you know, I was sleeping because I had worked the overnight shift and they came in my room and asked if I had any weapons. And I said, no. And you know, they said that the housekeeper called cause they thought that my note was a suicide note and I was going to harm myself. I said, no, it wasn't, you know, so they took me to, uh, the hospital just for evaluation. I was only there for a couple hours when I came home and they asked me if I was mad at her for saying anything, if I was going to harm her for, you know, writing me out or whatever. And I said, not, not at all. I said, if she felt that it was a suicide note, you know, maybe it was a little depressing or whatever. And I, you know, I apologize for that, but I'm not, I don't hold it against her. If that's how she felt and she was just trying to help me. So at that point I, I did see a couple of a ther- or psychiatrists a couple of times, but again, I didn't have insurance at the time. And my boss who actually wrote the note for was paying for it. You know, it was $40 a session. So he was paying for it for a couple of months, but then it, I just never took it again and, or it never went again. And I still was not good with medication. So they asked me if I wanted like Prozac and I said, no, cause I'm n- never good at it. I'll take it and then I'll stop taking it and then I'll take it again. And so, you know, with Prozac, you can't do that. So, I mean, I do currently take Cymbalta, but that, I mean, it's, it's an antidepressant, but it's also, I mainly take it for, cause I mean, the doctors know that I'm depressed. So I take it for that, but I mainly take it for uh, like pain relief you know, back pain and exoskeletal pain and stuff. And it also has the side effect of an antidepressive. You mentioned earlier that you got to get up each morning and, and some days you just think there's nothing to live for. And then there's other days where you don't have those thoughts right now. What would you say is something that that's keeping you going from, from not com- trying to commit suicide again or, or trying to take your life? Well, uh, there's a couple things. Uh, the one, like I put in my story is that I made a promise to somebody that I knew uh, about five years ago that I would never try and do that again. So every time I, you know, think about it, then I remember the promise I made to her and I, you know, and I wouldn't do it again because I, that's one thing I, I'm, you know, I'm a very honest person, I'm a very open person and I always keep my promises. So that's what, the, you know, that's one reason I would never do it. And also, you know, I've been, I've been talking to a lady now and we're, you know, starting out in a relationship right now it's long distance. Hopefully it won't be, you know, forever. And just, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with, I guess, my love life or lack of love life, my 
my entire life. I've never really had a girlfriend for more than like a month. And I think now that I'm starting, to, you know, a new relationship is budding and forming in my life that it's making me, you know, happier again and things like that. And I know you can't base your happiness on one thing, whether it be love or money or whatever, because then once that thing goes, then you're going to be depressed again. But right now that is what's keeping me going as well as being able to get my story out there and hopefully hearing from people that, you know, my story either helped or affected in some way or want help or anything like that. Cause you know, I'm always here to help. I guess I'm better helping others than I am at helping myself in lack of better words. Um, you mentioned earlier that you came home and your mother kicked you out the house. Well, not kicked you out the house, but said that, you know, she didn't want you there and that you went and go to go live with your dad. How is that relationship with your mother today? Is it still strained or is it on better terms or, or what? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was never strange. She just didn't want me to keep going in and out and back and forth. And cause that was the uh, second time I went to try and visit somebody. The first time was only a month earlier. I went to see somebody in Texas who I knew was married and she told me she was married and her and her husband said I could stay at their house in the extra bedroom just so I could get out of you know my house and start things anew. And then, you know, when I got down to Texas, uh, to Katy, Texas, right outside of Houston, uh, she wasn't at the bus stop. And then it turns out that the police came because they thought that she might have been a serial killer who had actually lured a kid down there two weeks earlier from College Station from Texas A&M. And he went missing and they found his body in the woods. And they think it might have been the same lady that had me come down there. So they, the homeless shelter in Katy paid for my bus ticket home. So that was like the first straw for my mom. She was, you know, mad about that and stuff. And then when I, just a month later, I went down to see this other lady in Walton, Oklahoma. So when I came back, she was kind of like, you know what, that's it. So she was kind of upset with that. And that's when I, I just went and stayed with my dad and I was with him. I've been over in New Jersey ever since, since 2001. We have, uh, we have just a little bit of time on your story and then we have 20 questions George is going to get to. So we lighten it up a little bit, but what I want to get to on this is is your conclusion. So uh, what is your biggest takeaway from all of this going on? What do you want people to know? Uh, you know, um, what part of your story is the part you want to drive home? I, uh, just, you know, because of the depression, obviously, is I think is what really is the catalyst for everything else between the diabetes and not taking care of myself and not taking care of my foot and having the foot amputation and going blind and everything. And, I you know, I realize now that now that I went blind, that diabetes didn't tell me that there must be a reason that I'm still here, you know, and I think that in a funny way, it to get my story out there and if uh, to use fantasy football as that platform to get people out there to see my story, you know, that's a great thing to do. I would, I would love to do that. I've actually had a couple conversations with, you know, Chris Westling. He actually, you know, saw my story and thought that it was really impressive and, you know, because I, I messaged him and told him that a lot of what he does with the can- going through the cancer and everything, and then with Justin Leonard going through alcoholism and people like that, and uh, just they really, Eric Bishop going through his car accident and everything, they really have made me want to do this and really want to make me get my story out there. So just if you're depressed or if you have anything like that, it's going to lead to, you know, worse things. You need to you need to get help any way you can, whether it be with a psychiatrist or medications if need be. You just, but you need to talk somebody to somebody who's understanding. I mean, my family wasn't real understanding. Like I put in my story, I told my dad I was depressed one time, and you know he that I wanted to kill myself, and you know his response was, "Well, 
I have a gun, but it's not very powerful, so make sure you press it hard against your temple because I'm not going to take care of a fucking vegetable. You know, so just find somebody that you can talk to, that you trust, and that you know will be there for you and just, you know, get the help that you need. And if you need to talk to somebody, you can always talk to me. You know, I find my life's gone, my life's been a lot better since I went blind. I always said, if, you know, people always say, oh, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? I would love to have, you know, Wolverine superpower or super healing. I would heal everything about my body except the blindness because I just feel that I've met a lot better people since I went blind because I get to see them for the inside, not for what's on the outside. I don't see them superficially. I see them for what's in their heart and what's in their soul just through their words and through their actions instead of through what they look like. Is there ever a time that you wish you didn't lose your eyesight? Or is it just one of those things where it's an unfortunate incident that it did occur, but ultimately it was for the better? Um, ultimately, I do think it was for the better. But, I mean, there are times when I do wish I had eyesight. Like sometimes when somebody says, oh, look at that, you know, and it's something cool. Or I, sometimes I wish I could still I could see what my family looks like now. But I know that, as I said in my story, when I close my eyes and go to bed at night, I do still have dreams and I dream about, I usually dream about my grandparents' house or when we were kids or when we were younger. So I still see my family. It's, it's just in my dreams and it's how I remember them, not necessarily what they look like now. And other times, like my sister, I know she, she loves taking care of people and she loves taking care of me, but she gets stressed out quite a bit and she'll start, you know, flipping out and screaming and things like that. And because just the stress is getting to her. And I hate the fact that I do that to her because she is taking care of me. And I wish sometimes that I could see so that she didn't have to take care of me so much and that she had less stress in her life dealing with, you know, with me and with her husband and with her steps on it, just wishing that I could take my aspect out of it so she could deal with everything else and not have to worry about me as much. And I think we'll end it on this. Is there one thing, and George touched on it, is there one thing you, if you could see one thing again for the rest of your life, like what, what one thing would that be? Is it your family the way they are now? Is there, is it sports, like a sporting event? What do you think, uh, what do you think that would be? Uh, well, I love all I love all sports, but I think that would be kind of superficial, and I would just I'd want to keep seeing it. And I love the memories I have of my family. I mean, yes, I would love to see what they look like now and everything. I especially love to see my cousins' babies and stuff like that that they're having now. So that that would be awesome to see. But I've always loved Canada, and I've always loved snow, and I've I've never been to Canada in the winter. We always went in the summertime, so I would love to be able to go up to where we used to. A vacation on Newburgh Lake during the winter time and just see the island and everything and the, with the frozen lake and the snow and everything. I'd, I'd just love to see the area of Canada that I used to go to as a kid and see how it is now and everything. All right. Um, so I think that covers the story for the most part. Is there anything we left out? Uh, no, I think you, you did pretty good with it. You know, I just, I hope everybody gets out there and reads my story on Twitter. I keep retweeting it every couple of days so that you know, hopefully more people can see it and be affected by it and get helped by it. So why don't you give your, we're going to do it at the end also, but why don't you give your Twitter account again, just because I'd, I'd like to, um, I'd like to have it at the beginning, the middle and the end. And that way, you know, uh, people that are, are uh, driving or whatever, listening to this, they can maybe catch it when they're, when they're in front of their phones or their computers and they can actually, uh, they can actually type it up. Yeah, it's at Envision FF, so it's E-N-V-I-S-I-O-N-F-F. And I don't know if you guys are fans of the fantasy footballers, but uh, Mike Wright actually came up with it because I had been in contact with him and I messaged, I mentioned to him, I was thinking either envision based on my, you know, my blindness or um, twisted or like twist 
FF for, you know, the way I see things. And he thought that people may not get the, the twist thing. So he said to go with Envision. So that's why I chose to go with Envision FF. Yeah, his name for you is way better than his name for his original name for himself. <laughs> you, it's it's Mike it's Mike Awesome. I don't know if you knew that. We 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 had him on a uh, little more than a year ago, I think, and I I almost killed him with a joke. He he swallowed water wrong, and we thought we lost him. Yeah, we thought we killed him live on the well live on the podcast. If, if there was ever an oxymoron, we'll go with that one. Uh, so, well, if he, if he would have died on the podcast, he might have gotten verified by now. <laughs> well, we might we might have more followers. <laughs> that, that would have been our most downloaded episode. We killed Mike Wright. Go ahead and listen. Yeah. <laughs> well, so now that we've lightened it up a little bit, I think George is going to get into his 20 questions. These are going to be just 20 random questions. I don't know what they are. George came up with them all on, all on his own. Most of the time, they're embarrassing. Sometimes they uh, are thought-provoking. So, George, with that introduction, go ahead with your 20 questions. All right. As Jason mentioned, yes, I have 20 questions. They're all thought-provoking in some form, some shape, some manner. Um, don't shake your head no, Jason. You don't know that because you don't know the questions. Uh, question number one, where would you like to see yourself five years from now? Uh, ultimately, I'd, I'd love to be working in the industry. You know, right now I'm doing, obviously, the writing and everything in the industry, but I'd love to be actually making a career out of it in the industry, hopefully with, you know, one of the big boys, obviously, probably like everybody else, you know, ESPN or NFL or CBS or Yahoo, somewhere like that. I'd love to be in the industry, being a big shot and helping somebody else at, at my level now get up there as well. The second question I've got is a question I've asked um, before, and I don't think it went over too well, so I'll, I'll explain a little bit as well. Why do you think writers put their pens down? And and by that, I mean, why do you think people quit writing? Is it just because of a lack of opportunity or they just give up on their writing too soon before they get picked up or discovered? Or why do you think people quit writing? I think a lot of it has to do with the, the, the determination. They, they think they're into it, especially when it comes to fantasy football and things like that. And a lot of times it's younger people, you know, the 20-somethings that get into it. And they think, oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a great writer. I'm going to do this for a year. I'm going to get picked up by... NFL, I'm going to become the next Rich Eisen, and by the time I'm 25, I'll be married to, you know, Selena Gomez, and, you know, and it doesn't happen that way, and they real, right now it's, uh, you know, me, me, me right now culture, and they don't get that immediate satisfaction, so they just say, you know, screw it, I'm not going to do that anymore. I think for older people like myself and for like for you, I think a lot of it is just they maybe they just get burned out. I know one of the co-owners of my website, he just, he doesn't really write anymore because they just it doesn't, he's not, doesn't get enjoyment out of it anymore. So now he just does the editing and podcasting side of it. I have to say, Dominic called you old. Yes. He's older than me. He called you old. It's awesome. Yes. I'm the youngest of the three of us, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> I have to, I have to say, George. I didn't say, oh, I, I didn't call just George old. I said like us. So that includes you too. Uh, listen, I, I've resigned myself to the fact that I'm old. I don't, I don't you know. I, my, I'm the youngest of the three of us. And I think it's only by like six months. Um, and I, I do have to, like, the question's okay, George, but, I mean, Dominic, do you do you actually pick up a pen, or is it all typing? Because I feel like we're in the 20th century, 21st century, like we're in the Jetsons now. We have these things called computers that you, like, type up. Your... Typewriters? Yeah. 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 Well, you know, the fact that I'm, you know, kind of blind, 
it's kind of hard for me to write with a pen anyway. Right. I've only written one. I've only written one letter really since I went blind, and that was to uh, two of my cousins when their father passed away. I wrote them a condolence letter, and I wanted to do it in my own hand. So that's the only thing I've really ever written since I went blind. Other than that, I use my laptop with a screen reader called Jaws, and you know it reads back everything to me that I'm typing or that I'm doing on the internet, and you know that's how I'm able to do my articles. So I feel like. <laughs> Sitting down and writing a letter to somebody is a lost art these days because like nobody, oh, yeah. no, nobody, like Jason said, we have computers, we have typewriters, we got email, like nobody sits down and, and hand writes out a letter to anybody these days. And I just feel like that's a lost cause. No, a lost, lost art. Lost, it, lost it, art. Yeah. It's definitely a lost art. And for all intents and purposes, a lost cause as well. So I don't think it's going to revert back to it again unless there is like a y2k apocalypse sometime soon where all the computers go down forever question number three i forgot where i was getting ahead of myself there uh what is the most important thing you've ever forgotten to pay uh probably my college tuition i went there <laughs> they're still looking for it i only <laughs> i only went there I, I went there for a week but i still get like I, whenever i look at any collection things it's still shows that I owe like $400 for the one week of college I went to. Well, well, I want you to know, don't feel bad. You're not the only one getting those letters. <laughs> there's a, <laughs> there's hundreds of thousands of people who are getting letters for college tuition that they forgot to pay. <laughs> so I'm going to say, uh, and I didn't forget to pay this, but I, so this is, it's a different answer to roughly the same question. It's kind of a, a good story though. Uh, when my first daughter was born, uh, we were, we got to the hospital we got there so late that my wife couldn't have an epidural and you know so we 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 were in the room we're all excited my wife's doing you know the breathing techniques she's having really bad contractions i'm there trying to comfort her and somebody came in and you know you're in the middle of this like life changing thing where you have no idea what's going on i'm in the middle of this it wasn't that important jason yeah so so this lady comes in in more of a business suit than a, a, a doctor's outfit. And she's like, hey, hey, I need to talk to you about something. So she pulls me aside, like she pulls me out of the room and I'm thinking, holy shit, something's wrong and they don't want to tell my wife. You know what I mean? Like I'm thinking something's going on. They ask me for the down payment for the fucking, like for the, for the deductible. Like they're like, uh, do you have a credit card or debit card so we can charge it for the, and I, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> well, they wanted to make sure you didn't back out of the payment if you found out it wasn't your kid. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah, for sure. But that like, that was brutal. So I, it's was not something with... I forgot to pay. It was for Tori. Oh, God. I was going to ask if it was at Eli because I was saying that you can't, you can't not claim that ogre. No, no. That ogre is mine for sure. <laughs> Tori looks too much like. Tori looks too much like my wife. I don't know. that She might not be mine. That might be the mailman's. <laughs> So, all right. Question number five: Does pineapple belong on pizza? Absolutely, I love I love pineapple on pizza. I love it with chicken or with ham, like Hawaiian pizzas. You're, uh, not every time, but I was talking about somebody this on Twitter the other day. It absolutely belongs on pizza. You're, you're on the right side of history. You, that is. How about how about other foods like hamburgers or 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 sandwiches or stuff like that? What else would you put pineapple on? Because we had a guy that came on here. He he mentioned about grilling the pineapple and putting it on a cheeseburger. Which I've yet to try, but I think I want to. Oh, 
Yeah, that's really good. They actually have, I don't know if you guys have a Red Robin where you're at, but they actually have, it's called a bonsai burger and it comes with a, a grilled pineapple ring on it. It's supposed to be really good. But yeah, I think you can put it on anything. It mixes with the salty and sweet. I was listening to your podcast earlier and I heard Jason say that he thinks he knows how to cook. I actually, when I was in high school, I went to cooking school for three years. You know, so long, if you have that salty and sweet component, it can be, you know, really good. I do, I do like it on burgers. There was actually the uh, Domino's makes like a habanero chicken sandwich. That's actually pretty good. And it's got the hot spicy habanero sauce and the grilled pineapple on it. So, you know, things like that. It's really good with chicken. We actually make a, my sister makes a Hawaiian chicken in the crock pot that has like pineapple chunks and salsa over it. Listen, I'm not against, like I've had, I've had the habanero chicken sandwich with the pineapple on it. I liked it. I thought it was good. I've had, you know, salsa, like pineapple salsa on chicken I liked it and I thought it was good. I'm just saying in Italian on Italian food, like real Italians would shoot you where you stand if you put pineapple on pizza and then like uh like what's his name said before it DP, right? Darth yep. Pike I said uh he'd put it inside a calzone and that is just blasphemy. Oh, that, that Literally, that's that's delicious. I've had that. That is amazing. That, it would sound yeah, to me that sounds actually really good with like I said with the saltiness from the ham and the pepperoni and stuff like that inside the calzone the Pineapple would work really good with that. You guys yep. are both you. You guys are both awful. Just awful. <laughs> We're animals. Awful. Yeah, animal. You literally will eat anything. I think at this point. Uh, it, it's pineapple's amazing on just about anything. Um, quick sidebar: the uh, the mango habanero sauce at Domino's. If you get that for like, mm-hmm. if you like it on the sandwiches, when you order dipping sauce, get that dipping sauce for your pizza. It it increases the flavor. It's so good. I used to work at Domino's, and anytime I had the pizza, I would always put the sauce on the pizza. It's fantastic. Yeah, I love the mango habanero. I get I get that when I get the chicken kickers. I get two of those, and I get two of the ranch, and then I mix them back and forth so they don't get too spicy. And then you cool it down with the ranch and go back and forth. Absolutely. What is the long? We'll go to question number six. What is the longest you could survive without any internet? Uh, without any internet. Uh, I could go, I could go a couple of weeks, maybe a month. I mean, I don't really have to do a whole lot on the internet. Uh, I mean, I do get emails and stuff like that, but you know, if, if it weren't just like a spur of the moment thing, if I were able to plan for it, I could go a pretty good amount because I could still call the people and everything because the cell phone service is still up, just not the internet. See, I, I, I just shuddered even thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> I rely on the internet for everything. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember shit anymore. Now I can look it up anytime I want to. <laughs> so I, I think, I think it'd be good for just everybody to unplug from the internet for at least one day a week, maybe a weekend a month. Just don't get on the internet for nothing. No, no Facebook, no Twitter, no. No Google, no no Netflix, no no nothing. Just put your phone down, put your computers down, and don't touch them for uh, for twenty four hours or for a weekend. Okay, so this is what I think we do. You and me, we we get this we get this going. We pick a we we pick a Sunday, random Sunday before football season, obviously. I know it's even more fun if you gotta do it during football season. Well, oh yeah, can't do it during fantasy football. Season. How do you do that? How do you do that? Like, so I, uh, I say we pick. We pick you can't up. check your scores. You can't check your lineup. You can't do shit. No, forget that. Uh, but I say can't you change and, your lineup. You're right. 
Right, you can't check if there's news you, that would force you to change your lineup. You can watch the TV and you know shit. You know, you I, I think I got this guy in my lineup. I'm not sure, and I can't change him. Well, you and I couldn't do a Sunday anyway because we're going to be on the Sunday morning blitz. This so, is true. Anyway, so we, but before the season starts, obviously, you and I should do a Sunday where we let our wives take our phones on a Sunday and not give them back till Monday morning. I can do that. I'm down. All right. I'm absolutely you better, down. You better that. delete all that stuff that's on there first. Now listen, I have a work phone. Uh, my 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 work my employer pays for my phone completely, so I don't do anything on that phone that I wouldn't do on my work uh, computer on my work computer at work sitting at my desk. And that's exactly me too. I I have I have zero things to worry about on that phone or pretty much any. Uh, listen, uh, at this point, I've been married uh, just shy of eighteen years. Like there, I, I she ha- I have no secrets from she has no secrets and I have no secrets because it's like yeah. like I, plus yeah. plus we, I we, talk about everything on this podcast so <laughs> I mean yeah. we can't keep secrets we talk about them on here <laughs> and if she really wants to know she'll listen uh yeah no we'll definitely do that Sunday and then we'll have the wives report this Sunday who, let's do ne- the following Sunday we'll have the wives report on uh who touched the phone first because okay. I know I know it's gonna be you. No, it won't. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, see, I have no issue because I, I usually have my, I'm usually off the internet at least two days a week. Every night between midnight and about 10 a.m., I don't use the internet. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, I'm jealous because going by, 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 by that theory, I'm not on the internet or touching my phone between the hours of 12 and 420. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so I, I do have to put a work caveat in there. No. No, oh, so no work, no, no work on can't touch the phone, the Jason. Fact, the factory. The, what if the factory, factory's calling? Listen, that motherfucker place can blow up. You can't touch the phone. <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut that out. That's okay. Uh, we didn't say we didn't say its name. You can leave it in. Um, we'll go on to question number seven. Yes, we're only on question seven. Oh God! <laughs> what is the most <laughs> acceptable reason for crappy service at a restaurant? Uh, honestly, I don't think there really is an acceptable reason, even if it's busy. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> So I guess we're going to have to go with uh, maybe there's an armed robbery in progress. Oh, that was good. I was going to yeah. say fire. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, there you go. That too. Yeah. If there's a fire in the kitchen or if there's an armed robbery in process, I think you can get away with it or something like that. But, you know, if, if everything's normal, even if it's busy, you know, I don't think there's real acceptable answer for it. It, it was a trick question. The The correct answer is there is no acceptable reason. You nailed that one. I'll take fire. I think fire is a well, super. Uh, I mean, like, listen. It, 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 there's a fire in the kitchen. Save the water for that. I know my cup's empty. <laughs> Half my ice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay, minus like the outside of a <laughs> of a natural disaster or a very rare occurrence. Okay, but yeah, if you're just going to the restaurant and the restaurant's busy, there's no acceptable reason for crappy service. Nope. Take um, the water. Bring the s'mores. <laughs> <laughs> Out uh, number eight. Outside of the obvious answer of boobs, what is the best non-pillow? Boobs. I said outside <laughs> of the obvious answer, Jason. Uh, well, I always love cuddling and everything, so I would say any part of a you know woman's body. I guess with my with their arm wrapped around me or my arm wrapped around them, I so I have to say either their shoulder or their stomach. You got an answer, Jason. Because you look like you're deep in thought. I'm still thinking boobs. 
You should have mentioned boobs. No, so uh, so actually, uh, your own arm, like laying down on a desk. Yep. You know, I I, I spent many a uh, high school day sleeping on these arms and drooling on my desk. So my yeah, then your hand falls asleep. Oh yeah, for sure. My answer may be a little weird, uh, and it, it definitely deserves context. I'm gonna go with my dogs. So I have three. <laughs> if you could see the look on Jason's face. I know the conversations we've had about dogs on this podcast. <laughs> there was no peanut butter involved. Um, I have three dogs. They're anywhere between the, the weight of like 50 to 60 pounds. So they're they're bigger dogs. And one of them, Simba, he's just, he's like the most cuddler type of dog you could ever have. Uh, he'll come up, he'll lay on, he'll, like he'll literally come up to you and climb up on you and give you hugs. Um, and so like if he's laying on the floor and I, or on my bed, I'll pull him up to me and I'll just put my head on, on, on his stomach or I'll put my head on his, on his back or something like that. And it's pretty comfortable. Jessica, I want you to know if you're listening to this podcast, did just, or if you, you know, if my wife's listening, let Jessica know he prefers the dog to you as a pillow. Just, just so you know, <laughs> I can't use the boobs. That was the obvious answer. There's lots of, listen, I keep trying to tell you, and this is why your wife gets mad. There's more to your wife than her boobs. No, there's not. <laughs> so now, so now we're going to have Dr. Mill and the horse. We're going to have, uh, Mr. George and the dog. <laughs> exactly. <Yes. laughs> uh, question number nine, what's the rudest thing someone has said to you on Twitter? The weirdest thing, the, uh, the rudest rude. Yeah. Oh, rudest. Um, Honestly, I guess because I'm not big enough on the platform, I haven't really had any rude comments come to me on Twitter. You know, hopefully one day I'll be big enough where that actually happens. You've never gotten in a Twitter spat with anybody? Uh, no, not really. I just, I don't, I mean, I just, I really reply to a lot of stuff and, you know, people just reply back nicely or whatever. But no, I've never really gotten to a Twitter spat with anybody. Do you, Luckily, so far. You want to? Here's the deal. I don't have very many followers, so what I think you and I should do is we should get into a very public, <laughs> some kind of argument, because <laughs> I feel like that would be good for both our credibility. And then I can say something rude to you. Uh, I got. Uh, I don't care if Florida looks like. Yeah, I don't care if Florida looks like America's penis. I'm not moving there. <laughs> I could say something rude about that. <laughs> What do you care what it looks like? <laughs> see, exactly. see, we could do this, and but I feel like I'd lose followers. But that's okay. I can help you out that way. <laughs> Jason, you're only like 23. You don't have much to lose. <laughs> You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain in this situation. Okay. I, I know. I gotta get some of your followers. Uh, you get. You actually have to get on Twitter and be interactive. Oh, uh, that's true. That's way too much work. I'll let you do it. That's why I do it. Um, where was I at? Which question? No. Okay. Uh you're on twenty. Let's go. No, I'm on number ten. And this oh. one this one oh, I thought Jesus. No, this one you might like, Jason. All right. I, I I got a feeling you're gonna like this one. Alright. Mary fuck kill. I brought it back for you. Alright, cool. <laughs> Sal Steve Kevin from the Falafel House. Go. <laughs> uh let's see. I'll I'll keep Sal because he's a great guy and he's the one that I really know the most. Okay, so you're gonna marry Sal? Uh, yeah, why not? Okay, marry Sal. Uh, well, kill Kevin. Uh, just 
you know, sounds good. The rhymes, you know, kill Kevin volume one, volume two. We can do the whole movie <laughs> thing. We'll get Billy Bob Thornton involved. He's not doing anything right now. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, we'll fuck Steve. Cause I'm, I'm sure his wife would laugh at him or whatever. He, he's a little feminine too. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good friends with all three of them. Uh, I'm, I know them all from the Fantasy Life app. I'm in their Falafel League. Um, I've known the guys for about three years now. Uh, I, I think the order that you should have went with was you're going to marry Don't Steve. Don't you tell him who to marry. No, th- let me let me, no, let me let me finish. Let me finish. There's a re- there's logic here, Jason. Listen, uh, we Steve's have- kind of feminine, we- so you know he'll take care of you. He'll he'll clean the house. He'll do the dishes. He'll cook you dinner. You're not getting that shit with Sal. Fucking Sal, he's gonna make you order Chinese every single time. So, so you marry Steve because he's a little homebody. You kill Sal. The reason you kill Sal is because if you don't kill Sal, he'll kill you. He's a fucking New York mobster. And then you fuck Kevin because he's a goddamn Patriot fan. Which one did Which one did Dominic kill? He killed Kevin. Okay, Kevin, so you killed Kevin. You killed Sal, and who's the, the third guy? Steve. Okay, I'll Steve. kill Steve. Now they're all dead. We can take over the show. <laughs> Now the oh three, my god, you killed Kevin. Now, you bastard! Now the three of us, since they're dead, the three of us have falafel. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, that was our Mary Fuck Kill. I had to bring that back for this episode. Uh, question number 11. Do you stand to wipe? <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, go ahead, Jason. I know you got questions. Okay, so when you say you stand to wipe... Now, uh, I first heard about this method of wiping... Uh, on our podcast from a guy named Air Freak, and uh, his name's Aaron, right? Yeah. Yes, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. Aaron's a good way to of the ask show. me why I'm in the middle of trying to take a drink of water. <laughs> Aaron's a good boy. You didn't offer me any water, so fuck you, buddy. You got a mouth. You've been here long enough. You know how to ask. Uh, so Aaron's a good friend of the show, but he mentioned it. He asked the question a long time ago, like, "Do you stand or sit to wipe?" And and I'd never heard of somebody standing outside of when you were a little kid and you like have to bend yourself over and wipe. You know. Standing up, it's like a five-year-old, whatever. My my son does that now. So I hadn't, you know, I've been sitting to, to wipe since I was little. I hadn't heard of anybody standing to wipe. So do you, and then it turns out that he doesn't actually stand to wipe. He kind of hovers to wipe, you know. He, he leans over and then reaches back around, and it's kind of bent over. He's not actually standing. Do you stand vertical when you wipe? Oh, yeah, I'm not going to say. I don't hover. Um, no, I'm, I'm pretty much, I mean, I'm, I'm bent over a little bit at the waist, you know, for access, but I'm pretty much standing. Okay. It's just, it was fascinating to me. Cause like I said, I didn't know that was a thing until, you know, a little bit more than a year ago. Um, so it, it's, I mean, if you're, if you're sitting to wipe, you're just getting shit all over your balls when you try and reach underneath yourself. Oh, I still reach around back. Like I got, I got, I got length from like, I got reach for miles. So I can still get it going around back. I don't have to stand for that. Like I scoot forward on the toilet and, you know, I get in there. How do you tell like you're done wiping? Because you can't like look at the toilet paper and tell, hey, I'm done wiping. There's nothing there. Do you look at the toilet paper when you're done, when you wipe? When I think I'm done, I absolutely look. I got to, you got to check. Do you pull it around and like stare at it? No. How do you? So I go underneath. Oh yeah. You go down between your danglies. Yeah. Yeah. Like a woman. Yes, I, I get to feel my balls every single time. Doesn't they? Doesn't that make them stink? No. What the? All right. Anyway, so he had a question, and I, I stepped all over the answer. So, 
Do you just assume you're done? That me, yeah, I just <laughs> I assume I'm done. I pretty much I mean you can tell when you're wiping if there's something else that's still there or whatever, so you know what you know, I, if I feel there's something else still there, I'll do it again. I can never tell. Like I always think like I'm probably done and I go back and I'm like, Nope, still some. So then but you know, maybe maybe your senses are heightened because Maybe that's one of the things that got a heightened sense, like because because I can't tell. George, can you tell when you're done? No, you have to look. So I, you... I no, I can. You can tell, then but I you, I I'm, I'm, a, look? I'm a trust but verify kind of person. I, I disagree. I, think... I I like to trust, but I want to verify this to make sure. He didn't. It, he had no idea when he came on the show. I guess he listened, so maybe he had some kind of idea yeah, he, what he was getting into. Yep. No. No. So when Dominic and I talked about this, he specifically wanted. He said, "I want to do the twenty questions." Oh, okay. Yeah. So no, we're. He knew what he was getting into. Uh, there's no secrets here. So number twelve, we we kind of addressed this a little bit. Um, who's influenced you the most in the fantasy writing business? Like, who do you look at as saying? This is the person who inspired me the most. And Jason, you can quit. It's not you. Shit. <laughs> uh, the people who inspired me the most, I mean, the person who inspired me the most to get into it was uh, Justin Linnera. Like I said, listening to his backyard banter, as well as um, Eric Bishop uh, talking about on his backyard banter when he was talking about, you know, getting in the car accident and still having issues with it. And just both of those really got to me. And uh, before I was able to get into it entirely, you know, speaking with the uh, the fantasy footballers, especially Michael Wright, Mike Wright at the beginning, he got me, he helped me a lot. So they definitely helped me a lot. And even though he's not a fantasy writer, just, you know, in writing in general and just how intelligent he really is on the show and everything, just Chris Westling has really been an inspiration to me as well, in the, especially in the last year and a half since he started going through his cancer battle and everything. So what I heard was, Dr. Milbarge, you are the one who inspired me the most. Mm, I didn't hear any of that. Okay. Number 13. Is, I'm going to call this one is, and this is a new question. I haven't done this with any of the guests yet. It's called Flip the Script. Uh, for question 13, you get to ask Jason and I any question you want, and we have to answer. Yeah, I'm not going to ask you what factory you work for since you already told me to let the, let the place burn the fuck down. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we can tell you, but I'll have to delete it from the podcast because we can't. I don't. I won't. Actually, I'll tell you after no, the no, show. I, I know. But, no, yeah. that's fine. All right. Well, since I told you earlier, I just listened to the Justin Lanero uh, episode earlier. I'll ask you guys if you ended up sending any of your kids to camp this summer. I, uh, I did. Uh, my daughter went to ice skating camp. She's gone... Uh, she's, she will go for her second week starting next week. So we're in Florida and I sent her, she loves ice skating, go figure. And, uh, so she, this is a, this will be her second week. It, it was pretty expensive. Uh, totally worth it. I did not. Um, we, we looked at sending my, so my son's been in Boy Scouts ever since he was like six years old. Uh, I started with the Cub Scouts mm-hmm. and now he's in Boy Scouts. So he goes to camp almost every summer. Recently, he came back from a camp that cost us like $1,500 to send him to, and we thought about sending him to the summer camp with the Boy Scouts, but the cost just was too much. We couldn't afford it, so we didn't send anybody to camp. Mm. Well, hopefully your daughter gets to go to her horse camp, her equestrian camp next year. We, we, we looked at that, and we asked her, and she actually she declined it, which was kind of surprising. 
Oh, that's good. Well, maybe you can, she wants to do more gymnastics. Now she can do backflips to gymnastics instead of riding a horse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and she she would love that too, by the way. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number 14. Give me your best datterism. Uh, <laughs> I think you might have to define datterism. I don't have to define datterism. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to Google datterism. That's fine. You probably won't find it in Google. If you would have read the the bio... For our guest, you would know exactly what I'm talking about because he knows exactly what I'm talking about. I read it. I just must have skimmed the part. I apologize. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I was thinking. I was thinking dad joke, but um, oh, yeah, okay. dadderism, like you know, anything like a, uh, it's something that my sister and I still crack up at all the time, and I probably can't do it here because it's a little loud. But uh, he'll be he'll, he would put his arms straight out like side to side like somebody lying about how big a fish was or something okay and he'd, he'd like stick his tongue out and like shake his shake his face so his tongue was moving and he'd go he'd go like bark bitch you want me to come back don't you and he'd start barking <laughs> Just to, you know. yeah, i threw that one in there because in the thing you said that uh every time you guys talk about it you you, you laugh and, and it's funny and it makes you feel good so i wanted to i wanted to throw that in there uh Question number 15. What is your guilty pleasure? What's something you enjoy that most people don't know about? Pineapple and calzone. Not you, Jason. You don't enjoy that at all. (laughs) I've never had that, actually, but I would definitely try it if I could find it around here. I don't know if most people wouldn't know or not because, like I said, I'm I'm pretty open, but uh, I absolutely love uh, movies and music uh, like The Princess Bride, The North Shore, (laughs) like bad movies like that and – Wait, the you, the Princess know, Bride wasn't bad, a like, bad movie. You called Princess Bride a bad movie? Uh, I mean, listen, I can see from... No, no, no. Okay. Not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It's a, like a corny 80s movie that, you know, people still love it, but I just mean like like North Shore, Necessary Roughness. Oh, I love and I, I just love 80s music as well, like Cultures Club, New Kids on the Block, Vanilla Ice. Uh, you know, just I just love a lot of 80s music. And yeah, because music nowadays and, and even movies nowadays are pretty much shit. So I had somebody ask me the other day how old I am. And and I put this on Twitter. <laughs> My response was, "I'm old enough to remember when MTV played music videos." Yep, absolutely. Just I was listening to the Fantasy Footballers today, and they were they did a new segment, and uh, they always have like people talking, like the you know, "Are you in or are you out?" Like the Back to the Future and stuff. And today they did the scene from uh, Saved by the Bell where Jesse was like, "I'm so excited. Yep. I'm so scared." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was I was cracking up. They're like, he's like, for those of you who are '90s kids, you know what that was. The rest of you are like, what the heck was that? Yeah, exactly. we all we all. Uh, if you grew up in the '90s, you knew exactly what that was. Yes, you. If you were grew up in the '90s and you were male, you watched Saved by the Bell. Okay, so I'm going to ask you the 21st question. Uh, That's fine. We're getting which, there, which, but we're not there yet. Which uh, which Saved by the Bell girl was yours? Was it T- Tiffany Am- Amber Thiessen? Was it uh, and I can't remember. Lark Voorhees was yeah. it Jesse? I forget. I forget who played Jesse. <laughs> yeah, Elizabeth Berkeley. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. And then Tori, who was the, <laughs> the uh, Tori Spelling. Yeah, he was, was there for a while. Was there. like Screech's girlfriend. No, or no, something. not Tori Spelling. It, no, no, not Tori Spelling. Tori. She um she came in the senior year when oh, uh, oh yeah. yeah 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 yeah. She was like a little Kelly like a little geek. For a while. Yeah, well, Tori Spelling. Yeah, was, like she was a yeah. 
Yeah, Tori Spelling was the geek, but yeah, Tori was uh, Zach and her were dating. She was the motorcycle girl with the leather yeah, she jacket. She had the leather jacket. The yeah, she was long, so cool. curly hair. Yep. Listen, yeah. you could talk about all of them you want. The, the The correct answer is Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Oh no, I I agree with you. I don't know if you've seen Mark Voorhees lately, but she's like she's had so much surgery, she looks like a Barbie doll. Like she's just like so plant, and she apparently she's not doing too well either. But yeah, no, definitely Tiffany Amber Thiessen, especially after she left that show and went to Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Oh, yeah. She was recently on another series. It was a cop series, and I forget what series it was. So the correct answer is, which one have you been able to see naked? And the answer there is Elizabeth Berkley. This is correct. And Elizabeth Berkley. Yeah, so I'm going with her. Showgirls. Yep. Yep. I'm going with her. All right. Uh, question number 16. I will always take the nudity. <laughs> I, like, I like to leave a little bit to the imagination. Uh, question number 16 care to give a fat guy food tip and I'll let Jason explain what that is. So before George and I, we, so before George and I did the weight loss challenge and uh, we've been losing weight, what we used to do was we'd come up with uh, a tip for fat guys to show them how to get like to, to take their food to the next level. Uh, Stuff like when you go to McDonald's, you know that you can get the powdered egg or you can get the real egg. And it depends on what sandwich you ordered. You know, you if you order a McGriddle, you get the fake powdered eggs. But if you order like an egg McMuffin, you get the round, you know, real actual egg. But you can get that real actual egg on any sandwich. So all you have to do is ask for the round egg. Um, some of the other ones we've given were... Uh, get it out. Yeah, so George... George, I'm not even going to mention that one. That <laughs> one stuff. We, you know, stuff like when you're going through the line at Chipotle, don't ask for double meat right away wait till they throw a scoop on there and then ask for double meat that way they're not giving you two half scoops they're giving you the full scoop or when you go to outback ask them to layer the cheese and the bacon on your cheese fries instead of just throwing everything on top this way you have an equal amount of cheese and bacon throughout the fries i find it weird you have to ask for that honestly but you know anyway that's that's my own weird thing uh so so for us those are the fat guy food tips the the little bit of tipsy as a fat guy, like I was, well, still am, really. But, you know, as a fat guy that I found made food that you get every time you go, anytime you go out, just maybe a little bit better. Uh, well, a couple of it. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm a fat guy, too. Like I said, I got up to 370. I just had gastric sleeve surgery. So now I'm down since April 1st. I'm down to 302. Uh, still going, though. Trying to get down to, like, 220. Congratulations. Uh, yes, fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Uh, when you go to, you know, anywhere, if you get sandwiches or if you, I, we call them hoagies here, I'm sure you guys call them subs or grinders or whatever, you know, just ask for less lettuce or less vegetables because then they'll put more meat on because they still want their sandwiches to look like they have some heft to them. So if you ask for, you know, to go light on the lettuce or, you know, no lettuce, it, you should get more meat on it. But if you're just looking for food tips at home, like stuff that's like really good that you can do with leftovers, I don't know if you guys ever growing up, we used to love meatloaf sandwiches, well, meatloaf sandwiches, but spaghetti sandwiches, just take cold spaghetti, put it on some white bread with some butter, and I put American cheese on and just eat bologna or eat you know, spaghetti sandwiches, or you, you can do it with lasagna, you can do lasagna sandwiches, or you can do you know baked beans. I just take cold baked beans and smear them on bread and put some ketchup on it and make a baked bean sandwich. You you know, do anything. As long as you can add carbs, you're going to stay fat. <laughs> I uh, I will 
definitely have to try a spaghetti sandwich. I I, I will not try the spaghetti sandwich, and it, it, it's it's. <laughs> It's not because it doesn't sound appetizing. That's only half of it. it. It's because my diet is a is a is a pretty strict no carb, no sugar diet. And when you start talking mm-hmm. about the bread and the pasta and all that, it, it's like sacrilegious against my my here's, diet. Here's what I'm thinking: next cheat day, your next cheat day, I have you over to my house for dinner, and I'm gonna promise you something delicious, and I will make you a delicious molten lava cake for dessert. But for the main course, spaghetti sandwiches. So I've had spaghetti sandwiches before, <laughs> just not with cheese. So that would be the only thing. That's a, I'll throw cheese on there. Yeah, I mean, I like American. My my sister hates American cheese on it, but I I love it. So that's why I do that. Is that like or a regular peanut butter and cheese sandwiches? <laughs> peanut butter and cheese. Yeah, I haven't done pe- so. I've done peanut butter and mayo, and I only did it because I heard about mm. it and had to try it. And it wasn't bad, but I don't. It's not something I'd re- I'd do regularly. Yeah, that doesn't sound like something I'm going to the fridge to to bust out the mayonnaise and get the peanut butter out of the cupboard and slap it on some bread. And say I'm making a peanut butter and mayo sandwich we, for lunch. We did it at work one day because yeah. uh, we somebody had pointed out on the internet, like somebody's Facebook page had, you know, make a peanut butter and mayo sandwich. It's a southern, you know, southern comfort thing. And uh, Tyler and I looked at each other and and went, "You down for trying that?" And I went. I guess so. And like Try I said, anything once. That's right. I'll I'll give anything a shot. And it wasn't bad. Actually, my favorite with peanut butter is peanut butter, banana, and honey. Yeah, that's Amazing. that's fantastic. Mm. Amazing. Oh, and also, uh, so since we're in a fat guy food tip, we haven't done any in a while to get that salty sweet for pizza. And this is gonna blow your mind, and you're not gonna think it's gonna be good. But it's I think it's a New Orleans thing because I. I had some friends that are based out of New Orleans, and they both were they, they both told me about this honey on pizza. <laughs> I can see where that goes because of the whole salty sweet. I can see where they would go. Yeah, it is that actually. Could, yeah, that, I mean that could be good. I mean, it's just like having like sweet tomato sauce, though. It's you know they probably take, put some honey in there, or whatever. But yeah, it sounds like it could be good. And I know you're losing weight, but next time you have pizza, just try it and let me know what you think. I'll have to see when the next time I haven't been able to have pizza since I had that surgery. So it'll probably be months before I can actually have pizza again. See, listen, according to him, pineapple doesn't go on pizza because he can't have pizza. Just because you can't have something doesn't mean it's not right. It's not right for him. (laughs) No, it definitely goes on there. (laughs) It's not right for him because he can't have it. Listen, watch. So next time he has pizza, just to spite me, he will have pineapple on pizza. Probably. With honey. (laughs) So... That might be a little overkill. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Leave the pineapple off. Uh, question number 17. Uh, what is the most overrated podcast you listen to? Uh, well, I tried to listen to uh, Clock Dodgers the other day, but it was almost like Clockwork Orange. It was, you know, it was just painful. With you know, It was like putting drops in my eyes and they were keeping them open and stuff. So I'd have to say <laughs> that's definitely got to be the most painful one that I've ever listened to. So I guess if painfully were equals overrated, then... You know, that's where I'm going to have to go. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's uh, brutal. For sure. And yes, Neil, we put him up to that. <laughs> but no, Neil, I am not cutting this out. <laughs> uh, question number 18. What sport is worse, hockey or soccer? <laughs> I actually like both of them. The only sport I don't like is professional basketball. 
Um, but I'll, I'll say hockey only because I haven't watched it in a while. I still watch soccer quite a bit. So I'll have to say right now hockey. Are, are, are you technically allowed to say you watch it? <laughs> technically, <laughs> yes, because, you know, I can still envision it in my head. I can still see the... I can still see the bad acting when they take dives and stuff like that. So, so uh, and and uh, I'm gonna preface a lot of this by saying like we we uh, George talked to you about it beforehand and you said none of that no none of those questions are out of bounds. I I am not such a horrible person that I would normally say that although I kind of am. <laughs> um, let, let me ask. So this and my grandfather went legally blind before he passed. Uh, he got macular degeneration. Um, he was a captain in the Navy during World War II and watching the, the uh, cannon, uh, and I don't know the, the gun that was on his ship, but watching that flash over and over again, uh, I think they said contributed to his eventual blindness. Um, and towards the end, cause he loved baseball towards the end, he hated listening to baseball on the TV because they tell too many personal stories and don't talk enough about the like the actual action of the um of the sport do you find that to be the case and if if you off the top of your head know one which is the worst uh person or which uh, announcer for that kind of thing um i don't really know offhand who's the worst sport i'll say that um especially in because i do love college basketball i just don't like professional um, but college basketball, uh, like <laughs> broadcasters are probably the worst for it overall. Um, uh, I haven't noticed about the personal stories. I think that's more of a baseball thing. And I don't watch a whole lot of baseball because there's so little action in baseball, uh, that I think they have time for all those personal stories. I mean, John Gruden used to be really bad at it in the second half of blowout games and stuff. But I just think that in general, since I went blind, I have realized how bad a lot of announcers are. Because like even at the, I remember watching a game. I think it was Indiana against Michigan a couple of years ago, and it went down to the final buzzer. And after the score, you know, after the final game score, you think they say, "Oh, you know, the final score, Michigan forty-seven or seventy-four, Indiana seventy-two. And they didn't. They just, "Oh, that was a, that was a great game. Oh, now back, you know, from Bloomington. Now we're going to go to Sports Center, Henry. And they they never announce the score. They, you know, that's kind of above me. I mean, when I could see, it's like, why are they announcing the score so much? Because you don't think it because you're just looking at the score on the screen and stuff but since i went blind announcers very very rarely ever announce the score and actually emailed espn about it but never got a response back so <laughs> i'll pretend to be shocked they didn't respond uh as a quick <laughs> follow-up have you uh he switched from listening to it on tv to actually listening to it like the local radio station and he found that to be much better because they're geared towards you not being able to see it. And I know uh, the likelihood that you'd be able to see some college basketball game, like actually on a radio station locally might be less than watching it on or listening to it from the TV. But uh, have you found that the radio announcers are actually better at describing the action or is it roughly the same? No, I think they, I haven't listened to a lot of radio, but I, they definitely are a lot better. And I think that is because, like you said, they're basically doing it. Well, not basically, they are doing it for people who can't see the game because they're listening to it on the radio. So they know they have to describe it in more detail than they do on the TV because they figure people watching TV are, you know, actually watching TV, not just listening to the TV. So they don't need all the different stuff like, oh, we're going down 
back down to the left side of the court and things like that, where on the radio they know they need to put that stuff in there. So they do. So yeah, they they are a lot better on the radio than they are on TV and doing that. Okay, and and sorry, Judge. I know I've derailed. You know, no, it's fine. It's we, fine. We go down rabbit holes here. That no, that's the whole intention of the questions is is to find little rabbit holes to dig into. Squirrel. Squirrel. Um. Question number nineteen. Did Donald Trump collude with Russia to win the election, or did Russia interfere with our elections, but Donald Trump didn't collude with them? <laughs> now you're trying to get me to lose half my followers. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, because we're not going to debate the question. Yeah, don't you know what? Honestly, don't answer it. Because uh, listen, I'm happy to say whatever, uh, but it, it's only going to hurt you if you make an an- if you put an answer out there. So how about this? Uh, Russia interfered. There may or may not have been collusion. Next question. We get to that. Let's put it this way. Whether there was or was not collusion, I don't know. But I do think that Russia, if they didn't interfere, they definitely tried to. Yeah, I think I think pretty much everybody but Donald Trump agrees. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, if we can get into that and, he, and, and Dominic can, can sit by. Uh, you know what? We'll talk about no, this later. No, no, because yeah. I've got it in big red letters on here. We're not going to debate this. <laughs> we might do this later. We're, we're not. When Dominic's not on here and we won't hurt his Twitter followers. No, we're not because we're already <laughs> at an hour and a half. Okay. Uh, and we've got the other stuff after the show to do. So uh, question number 20. Have, have you ever been caught doing something wrong but got off because of your handicap? I desperately want you to say masturbating in public. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I wasn't home. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately, I haven't done that. Um, I do like that he said, "Unfortunately, say, like it's a, it's a, it could be, <laughs> I, it could happen in the future." There's a possibility. <laughs> it's on the table. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. Exactly. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, no, I haven't. But I mean, maybe when I was at blind school. Uh, they, you know, I got in trouble or something like that, but no, I don't think people have, I don't really think I've done anything wrong and only because I don't really go many places by myself. I'm usually with my sister or with somebody, so I don't really have a chance to get in trouble. So unfortunately, since I went handicapped, no, I haven't really been able to use it, use it to get out of getting in trouble with somebody. Um, so you said something, other than, you know, other than maybe, other than maybe bumping into somebody and say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm blind. Oh, okay. Oh, I'd be doing or that. Or if on. I accidentally like. Like one time, I, I think one time when I went on a field trip with the, like the blind school, actually, like, you know, grabbed the uh, person who was, you know, being my sighted guide. I think I accidentally might have like grabbed your boob or something. But I was, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. She said, that's okay. Accidentally. Uh, well, I was reaching for her arm. <laughs> so let me ask you, because you said blind school, and I guess I feel dumb for not realizing, and I should have realized that like people that go blind don't just automatically start you know, knowing what to do being blind. What is blind school like? Like I, like it just like the light bulb just went off in my head. Like, of course there's like stuff to train you how to, you know, find your way or use the walking pole or grab the, not grab the person's boob. Uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so what is, what, uh, what is blind school like? Well, um, I went, 
mine was, I mean, they do have blind schools, if you want to call them that. Mine was actually just like a training center. It was the state of New Jersey training center for the blind. And uh, the first thing they taught us is you never call it a stick or a pole. You call it a cane because <laughs> some people get offended by that. I mean, I could care less. My bad. Um, but I was, I mean, they and they said you should name your cane. I was going to name mine Patrick until they got accused of rape. And I was like, that's not good. <laughs> so then I was thinking, <laughs> so then I was thinking able, but we'll see. But yeah, they, you know, I went there, they, I actually stayed, you stay there all week and then you get home on the weekends and I was uh, there. They taught me Braille. They taught me how to use the computer a little bit. They started teaching me JAWS, which is the program I use now to get around the internet and type my articles. Uh, they taught me O&M, which, you know, uh, orientation and mobility. So that's where you learn not to grab people's boobs and how to get around the streets and how to figure out which way the traffic is going and who has the red light, who has the green light, who has the, if there's a stop sign, you know, how to cross the street straight instead of angling into the traffic and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it was a 20 week program. So I, I did that. And then after that, I actually went up to Buffalo, New York, uh, to a training center up there. I was up there for, uh, three or four months doing, trying to get hospitality training since I had worked in hotels before I tried to get training into how to work in hotels and stuff being blind. You know, neither nothing really came of either of them. I mean, they were good programs for what they were, but they didn't get me a job or anything. And, you know, but they did help me with my writing and they taught me more JAWS and all that kind of stuff. So that's why I was able to start actually doing the writing now and everything after I got the JAWS program at home. Because, you know, that's one big issue with programs like that is, you know, they help a lot of people. I mean, there's millions of blind people around the country and around the world, but all these programs are so expensive. Like, you know, Microsoft Office is, say, $400 just this one program for me to, to put on here to be able to type on the computer or anything is about $1,200, you know, just for the program. Luckily I was able to get it for cheap, but they, you know, hopefully they can bring the price of that kind of stuff down. But right now it looks like it's going to go up because there's only one company bought all the other companies. Now it's almost like a monopoly. So do they teach you how to handle money? Like to differentiate between the different bills. That was something my grandfather always struggled with. Uh, and, and listen, he was, he was up in age and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to school to show him how to do any of that kind of thing. He was, you know, mm-hmm. he he relied on people um, to tell him when when they were trying. You know, I would go over to his house and and uh, down the road where I live, there's like mango trees. It's it's um, you can buy them like right on the side of the road, and so he loved fresh mangoes, and I would stop to pick up. You know, I'd stop and they'd cut them down from the tree and pick up a ton of mangoes for him. And he would never let me get away without paying me back. Even if I, even if I just said, Hey, these are, these are from, you know, I never wanted his money, but he, he always felt like he had to give me something, right? So oftentimes he would go into his wallet and then hand, try and hand me money and, you know, I, I like I spent five dollars on mango and he pulled out a hundred dollar bill or something and I'd be like no grandpa that's that's a hundred you know let me take a five and then usually I would just take a one from him or something so he thought I got mm-hmm. something but like did so did they teach you how to separate money and how to tell the difference between the bills is there a good way to tell the difference between the bills well there are there is an actual app out there now that it's free it used to they used to charge for it but now it's free it's from the government it's uh called like money reader. So you can open it up and then you put your money on the table and it'll and you just put your camera from your phone across it. It'll say 20, 20, 25, 5, 1, 10, like that. So you, it'll tell you that way what the money is. 
but the other way, and I never, I haven't really done it, but the way they want you to do it is you fold your money in different ways. Like the ones you just fold in half long ways, the fives you hold, you fold in half like sideways. So it's like, it just looks like a square box, you know, the tens you fold long ways and then you fold like the one top of it one way diagonal and then the other way, the other way. So it almost looks like a five, you know, and just, just the twenties you fold another way and then the fifties and the hundreds usually leave flat. So, you know, they're the biggest bills. And usually it's just the way you fold your money is how you know which one is what. Okay, that makes sense. I, Like I said, I, he wasn't going to learn a new way. I, like, he tried to separate them in his wallet, but often, like I said, oftentimes he'd just get confused which side was which. And so, I, yeah, I guess that I feel like this day and age we could possibly make our money, I don't know, some there maybe with Braille on it. For the blind or something like that, to, so it could differentiate. But I guess there's just so much old currency out there that it it wouldn't be that effective for for years and years and years. Well, that and and I was gonna say, money really doesn't last that long. It gets destroyed. So it's I don't know. I just it just seems like it'd be a waste to do. No offense, not trying to offend anybody, but by the time you implemented it, I mean you'd be getting rid of it right away. Plus. Plus, you could just fold it. You could fold it different ways. Uh, so, George, was that all the questions? That was the last question. We finally... Uh, did you think they would take that long? Oh, I'm fine with it, you know. I had nothing to do tonight. I'm hanging out with you guys. Kind of disappointed I didn't get the one question I was hoping to answer, which, by the way, yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. You are right and, you on know. the wrong side of history. You skipped question I number three. S- I did. <laughs> I skipped question number three. It was on the list and I missed it. I, you know, I thought I thought about because you went from two to four, and I thought maybe I should tell him he skipped one. And then I went, you know, there's 20 questions here, and I know it's going to be like two hours because George reads real slow. Maybe I just won't say anything. You are absolutely wrong. No, sir. no, no. He is on the right side of history. Die Hard is absolutely you a Christmas sir are movie. Are incorrect. Nope. It took place at a Christmas party, and it came out on Christmas Day, so that makes it a Christmas movie. Whether I, it's about Christmas or not, it came out on Christmas. I don't think it did come out on Christmas. I, I, came I out think, the I think it, it came released. Like, yeah, it came yeah. out originally. It was released in the summer. Yeah. The mm-hmm. writer, the original writer of the movie, who was also the producer, came out and said it is a Christmas movie. Here's the problem with that. So I don't care what Bruce Willis Here's says. Here's the problem. He didn't write the movie. He, he adapted no. it from a damn book. It doesn't matter. He still wrote, he the, movie. wrote the movie. He did the movie. All right. Anyway, he did. You, you're absolutely... It, 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 is, it is... Would you say Miracle on 34th Street is a Christmas movie? Uh, I guess so. Okay, I mean, yeah. I, that I came out in May. It. I haven't seen it. It came out in May. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't yeah, seen it. It's about a Santa Claus at Macy's. Yep. It's it a Christmas ab- movie. It's absolutely a Christmas <laughs> movie. Yeah, I can't answer it. Look, I haven't seen it, so I'm assuming yes. Just It, you it, know, it absolutely is. And it on- came out in May, so the, the release date is absolutely irrelevant. It's a Christmas movie. Oh, here- There's so many <laughs> little like Easter eggs within the Die Hard movie that make it a Christmas movie. Yep, and here's another. Here's a little Easter egg for you that you may know, just because I'm a fountain of useless knowledge. Uh, it was a, one of the good scenes in there where Bruce Willis is hiding under the table and Alan Rickman shoots the owner of the company and splatters his blood all over the door. Um, the only reason they actually filmed that shot is because Alan Rickman, for some reason, he every time he pulled the trigger of the gun, he closed his eyes. 
and he wouldn't he couldn't stop doing it for some reason just because he was I guess he was afraid what noise he was going to make. So instead of showing a close up of it, they had to pull back to Bruce Willis doing it, and they showed it through the door. Originally, they were just supposed to show his eyes shooting him, but because he kept closing his eyes, they had to screen the shot differently. Yeah, I did I not love, know that. I love uh, movie trivia. Yeah, I'd well, be down to sit and talk about movie next time. Next time we have you on, we'll just do movie trivia. Like, uh, uh, I'm gonna, I, I'm totally gonna lose that one. No, no, it's not, not even remotely close. I'm not saying like, I'm not saying like <laughs> we're gonna sit here and do like a trip. I'm talking about like useless movie facts. Yeah, how about that? Well, next time, <laughs> next time we have you on, we definitely can sit and talk movies because I love movies. Uh, Christmas movies. Yeah, I can, I can do use, useless movies. anything facts. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 of all the questions to skip, I can't believe I that was the one I skipped because it was. Listen, there's very few questions that make it on every single one of the twenty questions. But is Die Hard a Christmas movie? That is an all time going on every single one, and the pineapple on pizza. Those two are are on every person that we come on that do the, the twenty questions. Those two questions get asked every single time. I can't and, believe you did that. George. Of all the ones to skip. That was the one I skipped. I couldn't believe it. So, all right. So that is the end of our questions and answer segment. Uh, the one thing I always ask everybody when they come on: uh, Would you like to plug yourself? Uh, yeah, it's at Envision FF on Twitter, and you can read my articles at thescorecrow.com as well as rotoballer.com and thefantasyhotread.com. And you know, just I know you guys were talking about charity and everything. And if you're still looking for people for the league, for the Michael Thomas helmet, I'd love to, you know, pay to be in that league. If you're still looking for participants. I am looking for participants. That league uh, specifically is full. Um, Wait, so what's your favorite football team? Let's go with that. Well, it's the Eagles. The Saints. Oh, it's the Saints. Okay. You assumed. Okay. I did assume. Well, I did assume because I went through his, his Twitter profile and, and he grew up in Philly. There's a tweet about fly Eagles fly. So I mean, typically those are Philly and fans. My, yeah. And my Twitter photo is a autographed uh, uh, Dawkins of Brian jersey. Dawkins that I bought from my sister. Correct. So there was a lot of things there, Jason, that would allow me to just assume <laughs> it was an Eagles fan. Yeah, but so we filled the we did be, fill the Michael Thomas league. Well, hold on. Being your Saints fan, and you asked to be on the in the league. The person I have that joined the league last night has not donated yet to the Giving League. He's also one of my best friends. So if you want his spot, and he's he's not a fantasy football person at all. This would only be the second time he's ever done a league. Uh, he was just going to do it because he wanted to, to donate to the charity. But if you want his spot, I'm pretty sure I can convince him very easily to give it up to give it to you. Okay, well, a- after the show or later on Twitter, if you guys want to hash that out, um, uh, we would definitely appreciate it. Mike, the third Mike, would uh, totally appreciate any donation for the Giving League. Yep. Uh, for those of you that don't know, and we haven't talked about charity yet, uh, we'll probably talk about it in the intro and the outro of the show. But uh, for those of you who don't know what the Giving League is, it's a charity. Uh, it's a league that he runs every year. Uh, half the donations go – the winner gets half the, the donations, and, and the money goes to a charity of the winner's choice. Uh, the second place gets the other half of the winnings, and that money goes to a domestic violence charity of the second place uh, winner's choice. So um, 
it's it's a great thing for for the charity and we're happy to be able to help with that and since we're on the subject uh we just opened a league it'll be what is it this going to be our fifth league uh i've lost count okay so this will be our fifth league for our toys for tots drive um and and Dominic may or may not know we do a separate Toys for Tots drive than the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, I didn't know what the Scott Fishbowl was when we first started doing this. I, did, I didn't know either. So um, it just so happens that George is a Marine um, and, you know, Toys for Tots is, is run by the Marine, is run basically by the Marine Corps. Yep. So uh, it's a, a charity that was near and dear to his heart and I love kids. So uh, we do our own separate Toys for Tots drive. This year we've raised... Over $2,700, basically by filling up fantasy football, me buying stuff on pristine auction, George as well, and then uh, giving away a prize to whichever, whoever is going to win. Our next league that we talked about opening yesterday on the Sleeper Wire Metal Mock Monday is we're opening a league for a Odell Beckham signed LSU football. Uh, It's going to be a, that's going to be a $50 buy-in. Um, and the winner of that 12-team league will get a Odell Beckham-signed LSU football. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I sorry, I, I monopolized again there, but uh, it's fine. figured I'd get it all out. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, that was unprofessional, but I had to sneeze. <laughs> Bless you. But, um, uh, but yeah, no, I'll get with you offline. Um, I'll definitely get you into the, the Michael Thomas league. That's not going to be an issue at all. Um, I'm, I'm sure my friend won't mind stepping aside. Like I said, He's not a, a huge football fan. He was just going to join the league because he believed the cause. So maybe I might get him to throw some money into the cause and <laughs> don't worry about the league. Don't play. Yeah, because yeah, he he doesn't care, to be honest. But I kind of had to coax him into doing the league as well. So, um, yeah, good. I'll, I'll get you off uh, with that uh, offline. Um, again, Dominic, we want to thank you for, for coming on. We, we greatly appreciate it. We've enjoyed the conversation this evening. Again, if you're not following him, it's Envision FF on Twitter. Hit him up. Uh, let him know what you thought about the uh, the show tonight. If you have any questions for him, he'll be more than happy to engage and uh, and, and talk with you. And if you need any help, if you're dealing with depression, you just need somebody to listen to. You, Jason will listen. I'll listen. Dominic is on record saying he'll listen. Just reach out to somebody. Um, there's lots of people willing to listen, willing to help, willing to lend advice. And so depression is one of those things. If you haven't been depressed, you know somebody that it's affected. Um, you know, it's it's been a part of my life um, through my brother. It's been a part of my personal life, undiagnosed. But uh, my wife, my wife will diagnose it for everybody here. Um, I I know it's touched George's life, and we all know after listening to the story, it's touched Dominic's life. And George said something very important. Um, if you feel like you need to reach out to somebody, uh, do that. If it ends up just being me, cause you heard this show, uh, you, we talk about how you can reach out to me at the end of every show. And if, if it's something personal, you know, I, I'm more than happy to talk to you until all hours of the night, uh, to make sure you're all right. I know George feels the same way. I'm sure Dominic, you know. He might like his sleep. I hear, I hear he sleeps till 10. But <laughs> <laughs> I haven't slept till 10 in years. <laughs> and then something that Matt Harmon said when he was on our show um, about depression, and it, and, I, and it bears repeating, and it's not just, you know, having the people who are depressed reach out to you. Uh, if you see somebody struggling, you know, a lot of times people feel like they're 
they're going to be a burden if they put that on you. So uh, if you see somebody struggling, if you see something change in, in, in someone that you don't like, reach out to that person. Make them aware that you see the change and that it's not a burden to talk to them and that um, if you can help them in any way, shape, or form, people appreciate that. So, um, and again, I monopolized a bunch of time. You did. We're going to uh, go ahead and let you go, Dominic. We're going to do a before the interview and then a, a quick after interview uh, segment. And, and then we're going to wrap this up. Then we're going to go jump on uh, Mixler and play around with that to just to see if we can get the Mixler thing going. Um, again, appreciate you very much coming on. It's been fantastic. Um, I'll reach out to you about the league, and we'll definitely have to get you on uh, again at some point. Yeah, literally, just hit us yeah. up. Hit us up, and if we are if we don't have a guest lined up, we usually record on Tuesday nights, and I'm happy to have mm-hmm. you on whenever. So if, uh, if you ever want to just come on and promote something, um, even if you only have a few minutes and you just want to jump on and promote something real quick, Hit us up. We'll, we're we're happy to have you, and uh, and I had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, me too. I appreciate both of you bringing me on. And yeah, anytime you need anybody, just you know, let me know. I don't really do a whole lot. Obviously, I'm not working other than writing, so I always have free time. So even if it's not on a Tuesday, just hit me up, and I'm always available to come on in the last minute if you have somebody to cancel or anything. You said I have a lot of free time, and I got instantly jealous. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I, that's why I sleep until ten most mornings. <laughs> okay, I'm hanging up on you now. <laughs> All right, Dominic, I appreciate, it, man. You have a good night. Thank you. You, you too, guys. Talk to you. Thank you, Dominic. And we're back from the interview. Uh, like we said, Dominic's a really good guy. His story is really it's kind of inspiring because he's come from some adversity. He's doing what he loves. Um, I really think you know. After talking to him, listening to how into it he is, I think he has a chance, you know, sticking with it. He could be, he could do this for a living. Um, so go follow him. It's Envision FF, uh, you know, on the Twitter machine, right? So yep. it's E N V I S O N Vision Envision FF, and uh, and and so go give him a follow. You know, him and I probably will get into some kind of Twitter battle. And <laughs> <laughs> some, you know, I'll be like. Oh yeah, well you're all blind, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, well you're still fat," and you know. And the funny thing is, is they're both right. We're both right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I really appreciated the interview with him, and um, and 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 it was a lot of fun. George, what do you think? No, it was a great interview. We bounced around uh, quite a bit. Went you know from one side of the story to the end, then back to the middle, then back to the beginning. A lot of bouncing around. It was probably a little hard to follow at home, but overall, it was a fantastic interview. Um, you mean the story has like a, a beginning and a middle and an end, and we didn't pay attention to that? Correct. I feel like we are the Pulp Fiction of pod- <laughs> podcast. This is this is true. <laughs> we're the uh, I from now on. We're the Star Wars of podcasts, and we're going to start at episode three, four, and five. And yeah. then come back, or so, four, five, and six, and then we'll come back to one, one two, two, and three, three. later. And then we'll yes. go, and then we'll go up to you know six, seven, and eight. Yes, absolutely. Some, you know, yes. seven, eight, nine. Whatever. I, I think, I think instead of the Pulp Fiction, I think I agree. I think it sounds better. We're the Star Wars of podcasting. Star, well, and, and it's and then you know, and then like in the middle of doing seven, eight, nine, we're gonna do like side three, stories. We'll do like three and a half. No, we're gonna do side well, stories. Well, like so, but even then, like the side, we're it's gonna not, spotlight certain sections. It's not just the side story, but like. 
So you'd figure like Han's story is probably like three and a quarter, and then yeah, the but about- it's a spotlight of a certain person or a certain character. So we're gonna spotlight certain inter- people we interview. Oh yeah, absolutely. Why not? Who's gonna Who's gonna be the first spotlight, George? Uh, Dominic. When are we gonna do that interview, George? Uh, we'll do it next week. He's He's got nothing better to do. He already said that. Uh- he said he's got a lot of downtime. We just I was we, fucking jealous. We did it like five minutes ago. I know. First 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 break from the guy in Star Wars spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. Uh, it's been a long day. Alright, so with that, I'm not gonna uh, uh I'm not gonna hold you any, you guys hostage any longer. Uh we are going to release you back into the wild so you can go listen to your other podcasts. We appreciate you listening. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to me, I am on the Fantasy Life app. I am at Dr. Mill. I'm at Geo. You can catch me on the Twitter at FL Dr. Millbarge. You can find me at BFTG Pod. You can go to our Gmail and uh, you can go to Gmail and send us. Well, you can't go to Gmail, but you can send us an email on Gmail at BFTGpodcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, which George screws up every time he says it. So I'll say at BFTG Podcast, www.bftgpodcast.com. Dot com. Do you have to say the www part? Because I feel like you don't have to put that in to get to the website. But I like the way it sounds. Okay. So www. And then, uh, because don't forget the World Wide Web. Yes. And then uh, and then you can go to iTunes, Stitchers, anywhere where good podcasts are found. We're probably right there after you search for them. Correct. Uh, if you go to the website, Jason's done a little bit of work on the website. Um, there's a direct link to both our Toys for Tots drive, as was mentioned previously. And there's also a link to Sleeperwire Pro Am. Yep. Um, get in the Pro Am if you can. I believe there's 14 spots left. I uh, get to play with some of the, the the industry pros and me and Jason. Uh, Jason was selected 1.04 in the Pro Draft uh, first round pick over here. I feel like that's there's there's two possibilities there, right? One is that I'd be fun in that league. You know, I, I'll talk shit and I'm funny and it'll be fun for whoever's in there with me. And two is they think, I think maybe there's two strategies. One person wanted to get like all the best players he could play against because, you know, then you've got all the best players playing against the listeners. Then the other option is maybe somebody <laughs> was selecting the people they don't think is as good at fantasy football so they can win. No, I, I so it's basically broken down into leagues. So you have like the good looking, like you got the beautiful people league. That's that's what I'm in, right? No, you're yeah. not. No, that's like Michael Rents, uh, Jake Seeley. Uh, there's a, a a young lady in that league. They're called the beautiful people league. Uh, you've got the analytics league. It's a whole bunch of of guys I'm who in, are deep into analytics. You're I, not, I'm you're, in that one, right? No, you're not in that one. Okay. Um, and and then there's the shit talkers. Uh, that one's got Neil from Clock Dodgers. Um, it's got Jason in that one as well with, uh, with Sleeper Wire Steve and the Dynasty Warzone and I think like a battle, a Dynasty Battleground or something like that. So what you're saying is I am the most famous person in that league. I'm saying nobody in that league knows who you are. Fuck. <laughs> but you were drafted before them, so. <laughs> you know, you know, an old joke. What's that? How do you catch a unique rabbit? I have no idea. Unique up on them? Yes, you do. How do you catch a tame rabbit? <sighs> Datarisms. How do you do it? Tame way? Unique yep. up on them? Yep, exactly. Okay. So I'm going to sneak up on them. Yep, exactly. Uh, but no, they, 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 
they drafted that league specifically with that order thing, and then there would be a lot of smack talk, and there'd be a lot of entertainment. And here's the cool thing with Steve being the commissioner in that league. Last year, he he did like little private podcasts that were like maybe ten minutes long, recapping the league, uh, talking shit. You could call in and do a live weekly podcast with him for a couple minutes, just being able to talk shit on the podcast for against your opponents and the only people who get to listen are the people in the, the league with him. So if he does that again this year, that'll be pretty cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And, and so we're going to make, uh, the sleeper wire program, our last, uh, our last little bit of the show yep. this week. Um, you know, reach out to any of the charities we talked about. George, go ahead. You look like you, were I was going to say one last thing. Uh, next Monday, mock metal Monday, Jason and I, we will once again be there. Yeah, I mean, pretty much every Monday from now until uh, till the season starts, and then you'll find us on Sunday on the Sunday Morning Blitz or the Sunday Countdown. Sunday, Sunday Morning Blitz. The, the Sunday Countdown is a TV show. We're the, we're not quite there. Or the Sunday Morning Service, whatever. You know, we I want to change that to the Sunday the something about something about fantasy football tr- like the church like Sunday and the church like fan- anyway. Well, I, I'm gonna work that out in my head, but. Uh, <laughs> Squirrel. Squirrel. Anyway, so, uh, right. With all of that said, and all left to be said, thank you for taking a break from your daily grind. Fuck you, Corey.